Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Recorded live. All right, everybody. I thank you for tuning in to another episode. Thank y'all for tuning in. Of the Movement Boxing Podcast. Uh, you know what I'm saying? We're going to get into these topics. But first, let me introduce my co-host, uh, my panel. Uh, we got Big Cool from Colossal Boxing Talk. What's going on with you, brother? It's good to be back, man. How y'all doing? Pretty good, man. Glad you could be on this week, man. Uh, we also got Bowen Bernard from the Truth and Facts about boxing. Uh, how y'all fellas doing this evening? I'm excellent. Bo? Always a pleasure to be in here talking boxing with those of us that knows the sport of boxing, not ducking opponents. <laughs> As we say, the movement undefeated. We handing out nothing but L's this year. Knockouts at that. Um, we holding it down for our brother who couldn't be with us today. Um, y'all know him as 2K from the guys of Boxing Talk, but we know him as I'll be sure's younger brother. Cannot be sure. Um, <laughs> but, but uh, you know, he might be coming chiming in a little bit later, hopefully. You know what I'm saying? But that said, we're going to go ahead and dive into these topics, man, starting off with last night's fight card. Um, I guess we're going to start from the undercard and then head into the main event. Uh, There's a little bit of controversy uh, in this fight, although it was, you know, it lived up to the to the fireworks that we expected. Uh, Marcus Brown versus Thomas Williams uh, ended in a knockout with Marcus Brown winning, of course. Um, let me get y'all's take on it um, and a breakdown of what you guys saw in the fight. Um, I'll go ahead and start with Bo. Uh, we actually, we were sitting there watching the fight, and I told Bernard flat out, I said, yo, man, Brown going to knock this, I, I think it was the middle of the first round, I said, Brown going to knock this motherfucker out. I didn't even put and, a video up and put it up there. Yo, and he said the hook, too. <laughs> he said about yeah, the right hook. I, I told him, I said, he's going to get knocked out by the, by the right hook. And that's because, if, look, look, I get, listen, nothing against Mark uh, uh, Williams, but he's not a technical Fighter. Williams is a brawler. I saw him go life or death with um, what's the dude's name just before he fought Don Stevens. Yeah, I know you talking about. Uh, Rodriguez. Nah, Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Right, Rodriguez. Right. So he went right. He went life or death. He went life or death with him. And of course, you know, in the Don Stevens fight, there was I just never saw no skill set from him. He never pumped and jab. He never tried to, you know, use any kind of technique to work his way in. His footwork was horrible. He has a he has what's known as a puncher's stance. He moves his upper body. He doesn't do more bending with the legs. And if you and anybody know when you don't bend and bob and weave with your with your knees and your legs and you just use your upper body, you you what, what later on happens in the fight if it goes too long, your back will start to hurt. Okay, and then you know uh, it was just. It was just so many things that I saw that he was doing wrong, that Brown was the more technical, solid fighter. He used his reach. 
his foot movement was very, very good. He he maintained distance. And I just I, I, I didn't really see anything out of Williams, even in the in, in the Rodriguez fight and even in the um the fight with uh Donna Stevens. I didn't see anything in that fight to to make me feel like he was going to do anything to actually beat Brown. Like this was Brown's fight, in my opinion. This was Brown's fight to lose. Okay, he had everything he needed to win. He had to reach. He was the more technically sound fighter. He was the more skillful fighter. So it was his fight to lose. Williams just didn't do it. I I was never impressed with him at all. Period. Like I said, the dude was a brawler. So uh, it was a good stoppage, a good knockout. He you know he wound up breaking his jaw, but um, I mean, it was a good test for Brown. It was a decent test for Brown. I wasn't all excited about the win for Brown only because, like I said, I wasn't that high on um, Williams. I always felt like someone who had good boxing skills to beat him. It was a good test for him. It was good to see him get a solid victory because in his last fight, I thought that was a gift that Brown got in his last fight. So this was a good solid. Yeah, this was a good solid victory. But, um, you know, he's making the the light heavyweight division starting to heat up. You know, he's making some noise. Uh, I still want to see how would he do against someone that can match his, that can turn his advantages, you know, you know what I'm saying, that can take away his advantages. I want to see what it, what he'd be like when he matches with someone that's the same height, the same reach, you know, the same skill set level. That's yeah. going to be the true question of how good he is because, like I said, in that last, like Williams was tailor-made for him. This was a guy who, from a technical aspect, had nothing to offer. So he looked at great. In the fight before that, he didn't look so great. Like I said, he got a gift. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens, man, when he steps up because, you know, you got some other good light heavyweight fights coming up right now. So light heavyweight division is starting to heat up, man, and I like what I saw. But good win for him, uh, good show all around on that card, man. And, hey, 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 shout out, hey, props to HBO. Go, Tom. <laughs> all right, man, let me go ahead and pass it on the big call. Oh, I got, you, I got what you need, bro. My bad. Got you. What are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> Let me uh, get Big Cool's take on this, man. Um, as far as uh, there was a knockdown, um, a la um, Roy Jones Jr., Mytel Griffin, you know, that was a little bit uh, questionable as far as getting hit, you know, while on the ground. Um, what did you take of that? Did you think Brown should have been DQ'd or there should have been something that happened as far as a point deduction or what What was your take on that in the fight? Because I know there's been a lot of controversy in the, uh, the rooms tonight as far as that, what happened there. I made a post saying he shouldn't have been disqualified. But, I mean, after listening to what he's saying, I could see why the referee didn't do it and why he, you know, went in. Because when he did hit him with the jab and he, he dropped down, he didn't kind of prop back up. But, with that being said, I still think he could have, you know, just allowed for the 10 count or whatever because it took him a while to wind up and, and you know, hit him with the shot. But, like I said, I mean, if that's a rule that you're going to disqualify Roy Jones with, it should still, you know, stand to this day. I just seen people get hit, you know, Triple G hit Lemieux when he was down and he wasn't, you know, uh, warned or anything about it. So I guess it's acceptable nowadays to get hit in the back of the head and get hit me down. So I guess that's just how it is. But I thought he should have been disqualified for that punch. And I want to say uh, shout out to the referee, man. That motherfucker was looking like sugar free out there with that ponytail. <laughs> yeah, you can tell he was inexperienced though, because at first he was saying he did in a point. Then he was telling uh, somebody ringside that it was accidental that he didn't. I don't know. Yeah, you know he just came from pimping hoes with that one, man. So you know he yeah, was yeah. rough. 
He just came from the trap from Pimpin', man. That dude wasn't no referee. Um, no. You get your take on this, uh, Bernard. Uh, there are some comments from by Marcus Brown after the fight. You know, he called out my boy, uh, Superman Stevenson, uh, saying Chicken he wants that Man, cut that shit out, man. Cut that stuff out, Hold on, hold on. Chicken sense. Yeah, I shouldn't even ask. Yeah, I shouldn't even ask you, man. You know, play it like that. You know what? You know what? You know what? This is how I personally feel about it. I should mute myself or even try to, before I even speak on this situation. But I will say this. He called the right leg every way out. He knows who he want to go for. He didn't call out Ward. He called out Chickenson. Chicken go whoop his ass too, but Stevenson gonna whoop his ass too. So I'm like, yeah, you know exactly. And you know this is his first big fight. Yeah, you know Brown has been kind of, I won't say uh, underwhelming, but he hasn't been what we thought he would be coming from the Olympic Games. You know what I'm saying? Being a 2012 Olympian, um, but he definitely uh, called uh, took his pick. You know, he damn sure ain't touching Ward or, you know, Kovalev right now. Oh. And Stevenson would definitely fuck his ass up right now. Yeah, Stevenson, oh. Stevenson, Stevenson can't even fuck up Joe Smith. That's why he's scared to fight him. Well, yeah, Joe Smith in yeah. round. We going to get in that later, man. Y'all just dig <laughs> on him because he fought in Thai Town, but whatever, man. <laughs> That's it. Let's go into our second uh, card, our second fight of the night. And you know it's actually probably the more entertaining, most entertaining fight of the night, in my opinion. Um, we had Lamont Peterson uh, beating David Avanasian by decision uh, to take on a regular WBA welterweight belt um, in his first fight, full fledged fight at welterweight. Man, um, let me go ahead and uh, I guess I'll do a reverse reverse order on this one, man. I start off with Big Cool. Um, what did you like about the fight? You know, um, what did you take from it, man? And as far as what do you see uh, King Pete doing, you know, now that he – well, I'll let somebody else touch on that. But what did you take from the fight, man, as far as what you saw uh, stylistically from Peterson, you know, in this first fight at 147? Uh, I took it that he looked good for a guy that's been on 16 months. You know, he looked sharp. He could have boxed more. You can definitely tell that he was the much better fighter, but he tore his ass up on the inside, man, pause or whatever. He's not, not trying to say whatever, but – he ripped body shots, man. The uppercut was beautiful. And when he decided to use a jab, you know, dictate the distance, he was successful at that. But, you know, Peterson is a fighter at heart, you know what I'm saying? Maybe he had to do something with his upbringing and, you know, his struggle. But he gets in that ring and he just, you know, so I forget that he's a talented fighter and he just loved to slug it out, which gave us, you know, most times watching him a great fight. But I think that he bows well against some of the, you know, welterweights. Uh, in division, uh, I think he would him and Keith Thurman would be a good fight. I think that what I ain't gonna talk too much about a fight like that. But the way his, his body attack would, would bother Keith, but he had to be more disciplined, which I think he would if they fought. But like I said, he can slug it out, or he can box it for a guy that you know they've been out 16 months. He looked good, had a sturdy chin, didn't seem to you know be buzzed by any of Avanasha's shots, and you know props to him on the victory. Hopefully. He doesn't go along another 16-month stretch um, of inactivity. All right. Uh, let me go ahead and pass it to B-Nor, the casual, to make some casual-ass statements like he did with that Adonis Stevenson comment. Um, Shout-out to King B. And the Ray Robinson shorts. He was a throwback fighter last night. That's what I'm talking about. 
Man, that wasn't Ray Robinson shorts. Those was those was dedication dedicated to Prince right there. We called those the purple purple rings as high as they were. Yeah. <laughs> shout out shout out to Adrian. She made them shorts for King Pete. <laughs> Really? All right, man. But, but what you what you think about the fight as far as uh, King Pete and his uh his debut at one forty seven? Oh man, I thought it was it showed his dedication for the sixteen months he was off. He has been consistently working out in the gym. I've been keeping up with King Pete. He's one of my favorite fighters. He has it. It showed he as as usual. Me and Bo was talking about. We watched the fight last night. He started off slow and everything. I, I was expecting him to go use his range and his jab a little bit more instead of instead of trying to go on the inside and bang, but I give him credit, though. He started off slow. He dictated the fight with his jab in the beginning. Slow, let's, in the second round, I kind of let uh, David get, get get that round. By the third round, he came back. Before was back but, but after that, he, that fifth round on, he picked up the gas, and he just he just stayed on um, David, and he just kept on. Um, Putting that pressure on him, I kind of wish he would have got um, David out of there by like at least ninth, tenth, or eleventh round. I mean, I feel like he had him. He he hurt him a couple times. He should have kept going. Should have been for the kill. But it went to a unanimous decision. I give uh, King P credit. It was a, it was a great fight, a great performance on for him. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, counter your statement. I kind of think. King Pete started off pretty fast, you know. He uh he started off boxing and pumping his jab. He won the first round pretty easily just doing that. Yeah. Um yeah. but I'll go ahead and uh pass Bo and I, I wanna ask you something. Um, do you think King Pete Lamont Peterson uh did himself a disservice part by uh going in stylistically the way he did as far as uh keeping it a pressure fight and fighting in the phone booth with Avanessi and all fight? You know, those kind of fights take to take a toll on you. Avanessian was there all night and landing body punches, you know, just as well. You know, those kind of uh, brawls can take it out on you. And this was his first fight at 147. So, I mean, is that something you think he'd do differently in his next fight, or is that just something he employed in this fight because it was there for him and he didn't really, you know, probably feel that Avanessian could test him? I think it was a combination of both. I think it was a situation that he probably didn't feel having that to test him. And also, you have to realize sometimes, man, fighters will adapt and adjust along the way as the fight goes along. Like in, like you said, in the first round, he started pumping that jab and, and doing things like that. But then he also probably noticed that, you know, Avanesian didn't hit him with nothing hard, and then he can get inside and probably work on his inside game and start going to the body, which is, uh, you know, Lamont Peterson doesn't have that one punch knockout pop to what he doesn't have in power, he makes up, he made up for in volume. So he was, you know, investing in the body, probably trying to look for a knockout later on, and he wanted to get in close. So I think it might have been a situation, a bit of both. It, it was something that he um, just, you know, at the spur of the moment, probably said, hey, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and go in on this body because, you know, this guy is right for that. Like, I know that this guy don't got no inside game. I know he don't like being on the back foot, you know. So that's, you know, that, that I I think it was I think it was actually good to see him do that because now if you're a welterweight you got something to worry about because remember now that if if people watch that Felix Diaz fight he couldn't do that in that Felix Diaz fight you know that that Felix Diaz fight he couldn't do that because Diaz was able to spin around and Diaz actually was able to you know kind of get off on him in those yeah. in close moments and he actually fought that Diaz fight wrong he should have fought that fight from a distance 
this was a fight that worked for him doing it. Going forward, I don't think it's something he should do because Lamont Peterson is, is, is probably the better boxer than a lot of those guys at 147. He's a better mover. He's We definitely saw when he fought Danny Garcia. You know, yes. he's a better mover. Huh? No, I'll I say yes, I'm agreeing with you. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. You know, we definitely saw he's a, he's a better mover when he fought Danny Garcia. Keith Thurman is a, a, a good mover. So that would, you know, from a stylistic matchup, two good movers, that would be good to see. So um, I think he's just trying to figure out where he fits, what style is going to fit him going into, into this division. My only thing was I'm still trying to figure out how in the fuck did the WBO decide Lamont Peterson first fight hey, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. WBA, hold on, let me finish, was for that goddamn regular title that I thought they was consolidating and eliminating. When Keith Thurman got bumped up, they should have dropped that shit. So I don't understand it. I mean, I already know you got some people that go, oh, it's good to see Lamont with the title. Fuck that. I'm not recognizing that shit. I'm sorry. I'm gonna ask that hey, question. Hold on, hold on, Bernard. I'm gonna I'm go into that next. Hold on. Um, first of all, I just want to say, um, I definitely think as far as what King Pete did, um, I was impressed to see his body work. He looked like he hadn't missed the beat in the ring. Um, you know, to be 16 months out of the ring, he definitely looked like he, you know, had been in there this whole time. He looked pretty sharp for this being his first time in the ring, and I actually think he probably was just trying to get some work in more than anything. So I guess I can agree with what you're saying, but he went in there and went to the body, you know, made it a phone booth fight just because, you know, he wanted to get the work in more than anything, you know, and have Vanessa and then present him with any, any problems like that on the inside. That said, uh, let me go ahead and uh, put that question out there. You know, uh, like Bo was saying, you know, the WBA, he's now their regular champ. Um, this basically puts him in a position to fight the winner of the Danny Garcia and Keith Thurman fight coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, I'm not sure how the WBA is going to handle this process because I think Keith Thurman's kind of – he hasn't had a mandatory in a while. Like, he hasn't had to defend against a mandatory ever. Um, so I'm kind of wondering, is this a fight that's going to happen immediately after the Garcia fight? No. Being that it's a mandatory, or are they going to give him some kind of uh, – you know, just let him fight a regular opponent after fighting, you know, Sean Porter and Garcia, you know, back-to-back. Um, let me get y'all's take on it. I'll go ahead and start with Bo again and, you know, go around the panel to see what y'all thoughts are. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Bo? Uh, no, they, they're not going to have him fight uh, right away. I'm, I'm going to tell you why, because um, that would be considered by PBC standards, Lamar Peterson and Keith Thurman fight for the title. That would be by PBC standards a, a big fight. And, um, I just don't see them doing that right away. After this Danny Garcia uh, Thurman fight, I think they may have. Uh, if Thurman depends on what happens, but Thurman might take you know just a little touch just to defend that title, or Garcia just to defend that title. I could see Lamont Peterson just taking a like you said a, a regular a regular fight and just yeah, to hold on to that title. That's something they're gonna right. Yeah, that's something they're gonna line up probably later on down toward the end of the year. So, uh, but um. I mean, it's like I said. It's it, the, the 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 question still going to remain is. I mean, he, look, he has the title, regardless of how to, how we feel about it. Even though, like I said, this fucked up situation with the WBA with them and these belts talking about consolidating. They they the only motherfuckers doing this shit. So I, I don't understand it. They had opportunity to consolidate belts right then, but they didn't. But he has it, so that does put him in line as a player for a, a title shot at 147. 
So I would even, dare I say, you might even see maybe another unification fight between Lamont Peterson and the winner of uh, Spence and uh, Brooks. So, Very good point. You know, Very good point. Yeah, so, you know, that way you can have that unification fight. Then going into 2018, you have all the marbles on the line, all the belts on the line in one fight. That would be considered a mega fight. So, you know, yeah, I just see them going that direction instead of that, 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 that direction of making them guys fight like that. But it, it is good to see that you can definitely see from what we've heard about the rumors Al Heyman is being serious. He's letting these guys know, listen, ain't no more easy shit. Y'all finna fight for your food now. So that's good to see. All right. Uh, let me go ahead and pass it on to Big Cool, man. Uh, how do you see this playing out on, on your end? How do you see things playing out as far as King Pete, what happens with him next? Um, do you think he'll end up going against Spence or, or whoever wins the Kell Brooks Spence fight? I know I said Spence because I'm already picking him, so sorry about that, y'all. Um, <laughs> But how do you see this playing out on your end? Man, I don't know if you want to put put Brooke, I mean put uh in there in either one of those guys right now. I mean, like I said, this, last night was his first fight back in sixteen months. I know Al Hamilton, you gotta, you know, fight for your food or whatever now. But I mean, I like to see him fight um uh, face uh Porter if that's available sometime down the line later this year. But I think it's too soon to put him in there with the winner of Garcia. I mean, if it's Garcia that wins, which I think he is, then, yeah, Peterson beat him the first time, in my opinion. He he, he should do it again. But if Thurman, if it's Thurman or Spence, I think you need to, you know, let him get one more fight at uh, 147, get more acclimated. And what better got to do it against than um, Porter, who is physically strong. He fought Thurman. I mean, he fought Broner, fought Brooks. So, I mean, I think that's the fight I would like to see him in next. Um, before the unification right. belt. Uh, Bernard, let me put this one out there for you. Uh, Amir Khan went on record saying he wanted to rematch with King Pete after that fight last night. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Um, if that happened, Amir Khan just needs to fucking fight, period, instead of doing all this. Man, man. But, um, well, you just said what I was about to say right now, so it was no, on that part, no. Amir Khan needs to get him a, uh, I, I said this in the final blow a few weeks ago, he needs to get a fight, a tune-up or whatever, to test his dick meter to make sure it's up to par before he goes to fight a contender or a champion. Hell, what is this fucking uh, issue with the uh, WBC? Is he still a test? He's still number, he's number one. Yeah, he's still number one rated. Okay, so he's he's he can fight Danny Garcia, you know, or whoever. You know, you, 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 know, you know what? I could see him fighting Peterson, like, in a way, like, the winner of Thurman and Garcia versus the winner of Khan and Peterson. I could see that. But my only issue is, you just came off hand surgery. You should be trying to get yourself in shape and get in a fight, a tune-up fight or, yeah, a decent fight where you could test your hand. You know what I'm saying? I don't know why yeah. the fuck you even, you know what I'm saying? You even thinking about, trying, I want to fight about. He's looking for money fights. I just, Khan's looking for money fights. I would be trying to uh, get a belt or whatever. He's looking for money fights. Um, yeah. But as for, uh, I don't see Team P fighting um, Winner or Thurman or, or Garcia. Even if Thurman wins, I don't think, unless the WBA orders it, orders the, the two to the consolidate the belt, I don't see that happening unless the WBA orders it. I mean, man, but the WBA been bullshitting about this consolidation no, well, we, thing for how many let's, years? Let's bro. think about it, though. But let's think about it, though. When Thurman was the regular WBA welterweight champion, who was the super champion? Floyd Money Mayweather. 
But Floyd chose to take on Thurman's mandatory, who was Andre Berto. Weird shit. Dissection of bodies. But uh, I want to give a shout-out to Uncle uh, Uncle James. Which here we talked to him last night. I asked him how do these sanctioned bodies work. And apparently in this day and age, it ain't about people. It ain't about who you beat. It's money. So we can say there must have been some money behind Lamar Peterson getting that title shot last night. All right. Um, well, let's go ahead and head into the main event, man. Uh I won't say there's some controversy. Um, people definitely had their feelings about the decision and whatever else. But um, Adrian Broner beat uh, Adrian Grenados by a split decision. And the fight that was originally supposed to be at 142-pound catch weight ended up being at 147. Uh, the weigh-in, there's a whole bunch of other bullshit with the scales that, you know, almost threw the fight in, into some uh, murky waters. But, you know, they got that sorted out, and everybody came in on weight on the car, fortunately. Um, what did you guys think of Adrian Broner's performance? Did he get the victory? Um, I'll go ahead and start a bow on this one, man. Uh, what did you think of this uh, as far as his performance last night? You said you going to start with me first? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. It was, you know what, man? <laughs> I said this to be Bernard yesterday. I said... I give Adrian Broner props with the win, but I, I seriously now after watching that fight, I seriously doubt um, Adrian Broner's uh, skill set status. And the reason why I say this, and this is why I'm saying this, for a very long time when he was a guy winning four, not too long ago, remember, this is a guy who won four titles in four different weight divisions, okay? But not too long ago, people was considering him like an A-level, elite-level fighter, and I'm sorry, but an elite-level fighter, A-level fighter, would not have had that kind of trouble against Adrian Granados like Adrian Broner did. Now, of course, people are going to say, oh, well, Granados is a good, good fighter and all that. Now, I'm not taking nothing away from that, but what I'm saying is if you watch guys like Pacquiao, you watch guys like Floyd, you watch, um, I mean, shit, hell, I, I don't even win war, you know what I'm saying, like, when they struggle with another fighter, that's because they're struggling with a fighter of equal skill set with them. Elite fighters will struggle with other elite fighters. Adrian Broner should not have struggled like that against Granados. There was nothing about Granados' skill set that said A-level. Granados is a tough fighter. He, I can see him having his moments, but that not, should not have been a close fight. So it definitely made me question Adrian Broner's, not commitment, but just his skill set level, period, because – that fight was harder than what it needed to be. Now, he claimed something was wrong with his hand. He hurt his hand, his left hand, or whatever the case may be, and that's fine. But the legs still work. The angles still work. The positioning still work. You know, all of that still work. I mean, uh, the Adrian Broner that fought DeMarco, where, where did he go? Or the one that recently exactly. fought John Molina. You know, exactly. the one that fought John Molina, where did he go? So I think with Adrian Broner, uh, and, and even if he has the skill set, he's not using it like he's supposed to use it. Like some people will say or hear this and say, oh, his skill set is still okay, then, 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 then he needs to fucking use it. Because I've seen a lot of fighters break their hand and they use their other attributes. I've seen a lot of fighters hurt their shoulders and they use other attributes. So it was a good fight. It was a close fight. Uh, I actually thought Broner won that fight. I wasn't upset with the uh, decision. Uh, it was a split decision victory. And 
I personally feel, in my personal opinion, that Broner should definitely give Granados a rematch only because it was a split decision victory and it was such a close fight. So if he really truly wants to separate himself and, and say, hey, it was my hand, I couldn't do what I wanted because of my hand, and, and you know, rechannel his focus, then the best way to do that, go into this rematch against Granados and really show us that, you, you know what I'm saying, that A.B. that won four titles, you know, this is, you know, you know here he is, he's back. But um, very close fight. A lot of people are going to say he got the hometown decision. I don't think so. I think that my personal opinion, that fight could have went either way. I, me and Bernard was in there scoring the fight, and we actually scored it. Both of us scored it for uh, Adrian Broner. I, I had it more along the lines of 115, 113. I, thought Bernard, I think Bernard might have had 116, 112. So, you know, close fight. Good fight, but I'm, I mean, not to knock him and, and not to talk bad about him, but I'm really questioning Adrian Broner because at 140, if you struggle like this against Ronaldo, at 147, and, and remember now he had he that's when he started taking L's and when he went to 147. So if you're struggling against Ronaldo, I don't see you in that ring with some of the more top, higher quality guys uh, uh, doing you know doing uh, uh, making that big of a difference in there because you couldn't even knock Ronaldo down. So. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm I'm trying not to be too hard on him, but it's, it's just a matter of I just didn't like what I saw against a fighter like Granado. Granado is a C level fighter, C plus level fighter at best. There was nothing, yeah, and Granado was able to even employ his own. Like you know, he was moving around the ring that we thought was him. Bama didn't yeah. try to cut off the ring until later on. So, you know, all in all, man, like I said, you know, he got the victory it was a good win. But me personally, I want to see him take that rematch. And, and and really show us, okay, listen, that my hand was the problem. Look at the difference. That's when people will probably feel like, okay, man, A.B. is back. All right, before I pass it over to Bernard, man, I just want to say we got to give credit where credit's due. Granados, he from y'all hometown. Dude's giving everybody problems. He's been in the ring with even Felix Diaz, and nobody would consider him a low-level fighter. You know, Diaz worked, had got a split decision against him as well. So Granados, Granados is definitely a guy that comes in there and he makes you work for everything. And, you know, he did the same thing with A.B. I'm surprised A.B. wasn't able to look more impressive against them considering they, uh, you know, they've been sparring partners in the past and, you know, we're good friends with each other. Um, but with that said, let me go ahead and pass it on to Bernard and let me get your take. Um, were there any swing rounds that you scored? I know you always got an interest, interesting take on these scores, man. Shit. Uh, <laughs> I think the <laughs> okay. Hold on, let me take a look at my scores, man. Because I had me and Bo was as we was scoring it. It was it was plenty. I think the majority of the fight was a uh, swing round. Um, uh, as you uh pick up, let me uh pull up the score real quick for y'all. That's why. Um. Okay, I grade Granados the first two rounds because Broner started off kind of slow. The next two rounds with the Broner, which is three and four. Five, I would say five through, uh, five, maybe nine, or maybe, shoot, maybe even ten for swing rounds. Because it was, it was, it was really a hard fight to, uh, call. And I say that because you had, Broner decided to try to fight him on the inside, which kind of—I understand he said his, 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 he hurt his hand. I don't want to keep using that as an excuse, but he decided to fight him on the inside. And there were times where 
you look like Granados is hitting him, but really Granados was hitting his arm or his his elbow because Bruno was blocking his shot. So then go back to we had to instead of going by the punches, we had to go by how we judge a fight: clean punching, rain generalship, effective aggressiveness, and defense. I will give Broner the defense because he was making Granados miss some shots. Clean punching, I could give the Broner. Even the stat shows. Rain generalship, that's at a 50-50. And the effective aggressiveness, at times Granados was effective. And even at times Broner was effective. He even heard Granados. They both heard each other at times. So that's a 50-50 in that situation. So, man, that's the fight you had to rewatch. It was too many swing rounds even to call. Yeah. Um, the crazy thing is I actually had it a draw, and if not, I think Grenados won. Um, I just don't know, man. AB, I, well, I'll go ahead and pass it on to Drill and get his take before I put my oh, in there. Oh, man. Um, what, man? My bad, my bad, dog. Well, shit, you didn't call me out. It just slipped hey, up sometimes, man. It just slipped up sometimes. <laughs> but anyway, man, um, like, what do you see from Broner moving forward at welterweight? Um, like, do you see him causing any or wreaking any havoc up there or doing anything, uh, possibly even having a chance at even getting the fifth world title in the division? I mean, he he has a chance because he's skilled. He's a B-level fighter, so he has a chance. I think he need to get a new trainer um, to – you know, maybe it's too late in the game for him, but I mean, he's young, what, 27? He can't find yeah. inside to save his life, man. He he holds too much, and like Paulie was saying on the on on the broadcast, man. Instead of when he throw a left hook or a right hand, he he just would you know, take a picture of it instead of following up, turning into a combination. He allows himself to be held, or he's always initiating the clinch. I mean, he's never been you know one of the guys that can move that much. On he's not a Floyd when he comes to his foot movement. I mean, he can move, and he's a very accurate puncher and a, a very good counter uh, boxer. But I mean, he's short. He's five six. He doesn't have the longest arm. He doesn't like pressure fight uh, fighting pressure guys. That's why McDonald whooped his ass. That's why Porter gave him problems, and that's why uh, Granada gave him problems. I mean, there's a lot of things that he could improve on to give himself a better chance. That he just I don't know if it's the connection with Stafford is not getting there to you know receiving it up for you know when he giving out direction or it's just Broner, but I think he should definitely consider, you know, getting a new trainer. And he got to look at himself in the mirror because eventually, man, you, you take these fights, you got to step up and win one. You got to win one that people don't, you know, don't think you can win like Victor Ortiz did when he defeated Andre Berto after people were saying he was a quitter. So, I mean, it's up to Broner, man. We can't want it for him. He got to want it for himself. And until he makes some real, real deal adjustments, he's going to continue to be a guy that could do so much, but won't because, you know, for whatever reason. But it wasn't a bad performance. I mean, it wasn't the best, but I, I like how he didn't clown in the ring. I mean, I think I think he was focused. He showed the toughness and the chin that we always knew he had, minus the, uh, you know, the Madonna fight. So, I mean, his potential there, but I, I think he should try to go back to 140 if he can truly, you know, get there and be, you know, comfortable and, and healthy with it. But if not, He's going to have to, you know, make his pickings out of 147 the best way he can. I don't see why there's any reason why he can't make 140. Like, he doesn't have a big frame. You know what I'm saying? I know he, uh, I don't know. I, I see no reason I can why. Tell why, why he can't, I can tell you why he can't make 140. <laughs> you know, them damn nacho cheeses too damn much. 
No, I know Sully was he was very skeptical the fight was gonna happen because they were really kinda after winning the first bid, they had fifteen days to submit um all the paperwork and and, and everything of that matter and they kinda like almost waited like up to the very last moment to do so. Okay. Um another thing was um another one one of the things was, you know, the location of the fight. They they settled on Miami which isn't a bad thing to settle on when you think about this. Otto better be, he really don't have a fan base like that because you can say one central general area he can fight in. So they're hoping that you, they can get more people come out in Miami to support, you know, Barretta because, like, remember when they uh, had to fight with Lauda and all the guys came out. So they're hoping they get some people come out that can, you know, support Barretta and come out to the fight. It, the purse bid really wasn't a very high purse bid at all, period. It really wasn't. I think it was something like around the, the 300,000 range or something like that. Who won the like main that. events or who won the main events or another promoter? Just uh, just to be clear on that. No, main events did not win. The other promoter won. Okay. So, yeah, main events did, did not win. So it's going to be interesting to see how uh, this fight is going to turn out because, you know, I know Sully is ready. He's been training uh, really, really hard for this fight. He's ready. He's coming off of a very big win against Jabranski. So this is going to be an interesting fight to see. Uh, Artur Betterby can hit with both hands. This guy can punch with both his hands. So um, I this is this is going to be whoever wins this fight. In my opinion, is going to be making a major statement going into the light heavyweight division because Sullivan Barrera's only loss is to Andre Ward, and if he loses to Artur Betterby, especially if he gets like knocked out. That's going to make a big statement. This is actually the fight that Better Be needs because as of right now with 11 fights, Better Be really hasn't been tested. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does when he's in there against a fighter of equal strength, equal height, equal punching power. Okay, so it's going to be skill set. But Artur Better Be is no joke either. He's just not some dude that can punch. Artur Better Be moves. He, he moves very, very good for a light heavyweight. He slides, you know, he has that lateral movement, that side-to-side lateral movement. He punches very good. His punch variation is good. So it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen. Whoever wins this fight is going to win because they're going to have the best moment. And that's, that's what I'm curious to see. Like, who's going to have that best moment? Who's, like, how is Beretta going to react when you really get hit by a tour of better bees? And how is better bees going to react if he gets hit hard by something that hurts? So it's going to be interesting to see. So, Logical wisdom would go to the fighter with probably who's been in there with probably with the more experience, and that's when we got some Sullivan Vetter. But it's, it's kind of hard to go against Better Be because, like we said, what we've seen about him so far, you know, gives us just a small glimpse into uh, what the statement that he can make at the light heavyweight division. And this being a title eliminator, also, if I'm not mistaken. So it's going to be yeah. kind of interesting to see what happens here, man. Um, let me go ahead and pass it to Big Cool on this one. I actually want to get your take on something. Um, We've seen, uh, like uh, Bo was saying, uh, Sullivan against Shabransky. Uh, you know, he was knocked down against Shabransky, what, once or twice or just once? I'm not quite sure. I know it was at least once. Uh, he went down in the fight against Ward as well. Um, and then you got better be. He hasn't been as active um, in the last two years. Um, he's coming off an a injury, and he's only had one fight since that, in, that shoulder injury. But he's actually improved skill set-wise, you know, even over the – the only 11 fights he's he's had, like I've seen him improve uh, from what I've seen of him. You know, he didn't he didn't have the best movement at first, 
but it's actually something he's become quite better at over his last few fights. Um, how do you see the fight playing out? Do you think the power is going to be a big issue for Barrera uh, to handle? Um, like, how, how do you see things panning out just on your end so far? I mean, the power better be even. It's always going to play a factor. But the experience, man, if if Barrera could take some of those shots, not as many, you know, if he could take some and get it and, and take them well, I think that his experience um, and the momentum with the big victory over Shabrowski, you know, could lead up to victory. I got a feeling that Barrera's going to do it. You know, I have to study more of both guys, but just learning from what he did against Ward and then following up with a big surprising, you know, victory over Shabrowski, the way he, you know, the way he dominated, I think that, you know, Bitter B has to be ready. You know, uh, he's been knocked down himself. It's, it's just it's a tough fight to pick right now without watching and studying closely, but I just feel that Barrera may find a way to dig deep and win. And he's going to be in Miami. A lot of Cuban fans there, you know, support him, especially when tough times arrive, which they will. And I just think that uh, his experiences, the last two fights are going to be uh, what set him apart. Um, and we're going to see how the layoff of Bearder B will affect him, if any, because it's the type of fight that we can see it, you know, expect a short night and then end up getting a fight in the year, you know, slugfest. So we just have to see come April 21st um, how it plays out. Um, but I, I favor Barrera just off experience right now, not watching any guy or watching any film. All right, we got a, a caller on the line. I'm going to see if uh, they got any comments or if they're just trying to uh, listen. Uh, Tampa, Florida, we got you on the line. You got anything you want to add, questions or comments about this topic? Uh, about the about what? Uh, about the time we're talking about uh Arthur Bitterview versus Sullivan Barrera. Oh uh, yeah, that's gonna be a good fight, man. Um, we go. We have to see if Barrera can actually take them shots coming from Bitterview, and um, because both of them are still inexperienced. So, oh, is this who I think this is on the phone with us? You already know what it is, man. Oh, man. You got to be kidding me, man. What up, man? <laughs> <laughs> what up, What up, dude? What up, dude? Yeah. What's going on, man? Uh, cool it, man. Oh, we, got big boom. we got boom. We got big boom on. Yeah, yes, sir. Uh, oh, oh, what's, what's, up, man? what's up, boom? What's going on, big dog? What's yeah, all good, man? Thanks for calling in, man. Oh, uh, just sure. let me give a quick let me give a quick uh, introduction. We got uh, Darnell Diesel Boom uh, on the line with us right now. So thanks you thanks for calling in, man. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show when you come in. You've been supportive of us, no, bro, man. Yeah. Y'all thanks for having me, man, all the time, man. All right. Um, you've uh, actually had some experience with some of these guys. Um, what do you know about Arthur Bitterbeeve? Um, he's had a, only what eleven fights, I think. But he has a well-accomplished uh, amateur background, uh, Barrera as well. You know, coming from the Cuban school of boxing. Um, well, actually, uh, I was uh, I was supposed to fight both of them. Oh wow! Um, yeah, but the, the better be fight when they called for that one, it was it was too soon, so I didn't take that one. Uh, uh, for uh, both of them. Yeah, then the, uh, the Barrera fight came like two years ago, almost. And um, I did. I didn't want to fight him then because I was trying to stay away from 175. Okay. 
Um, so we're going to get into a little bit about your career at the moment, man. What's going on with you, man? Um, I know Triple G has a fight coming up. You've been in uh, some of his recent camps. Are you working with him uh, right now, or um, how are things no, going for I'm, you? No, I'm home. I, I actually fight this weekend coming up. Okay. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm just been training and getting ready for that. And, um, you know, I, they, they haven't called me yet, but, you know, Abel, he's a friend of mine on, um, on Facebook, so he probably seen I had a fight. So, you know, he probably didn't call yet. All right. Uh, you want to give any details about your, your fight coming up, your opponent, uh, where? Uh, where is it taking place? Yeah, um, it's in Minnesota, Minneapolis, Minnesota, at the um, International Sports Center in Blaine, Minnesota. And um, I'm fighting a dude named um, Ramon Luis Nicholas. I think he's down there with, uh, with Barrera in them somewhere. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, what is that? One sixty-eight. Nah, they wanted it at seventy-five. Okay. Which it, which it don't matter. I'm, I'm comfortable out either weight. You know what I mean? Okay. So, but yeah, man, I'm fighting him. He uh, he eight and two. I guess he fought on the uh, the Cuban Olympic team or whatever. You know what I mean? So you know they just they just trying to um get that that extra L on his record. All right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, 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 I gotta say something right now. I'm conflicted as shit here. You know that, right, Diesel? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, you know, I'm conflicted here, D. I'm conflicted as hell with this one. Yes, sir. Oh yeah, uh, definitely got the inexperienced cat coming in there against you, and you've been there against everybody and their mama, Diesel. So you know, I'm definitely expecting a good turnout from you. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you got anything else lined up? Can we can we expect to see you in a, in a lot more action this year? Yeah, um, I actually got another one lined up already. Um, well, we waiting on them to send a contract if they send it. Um, I had a guy that called me out from overseas here in India, and um, we gonna see we gonna see what he talking about. You know what I mean? If he called back, you know what I'm saying, or send the contract, I'm gonna go over there and knock his face off too. So uh, how's you it know. looking? Like it's gonna be in the states, or are you gonna have to do some traveling for that one if it does happen? Oh, I'm gonna have, have to go over there for that one. Okay, and uh, can we expect to see you at 175 full fledged now? Or are you still gonna waver in between between both uh, weights now? I'm think I'm thinking I'm thinking I'm thinking all the belts and the money is at 175. So y'all might see me at 175 for now on, man. Okay, I heard that. Okay. Man. All right, fellas, you got anything else you want to ask Boom while we got him on? Yeah, man. Um, that fight up in Minnesota. Uh, that you said is, is that fight. That fight is at one seventy five. Yeah. Okay, man. How have you been preparing yourself for that fight? Like, um, you know, give us your routine regimen to prepare you. Because I know before you said that. Because I know you said once before when we spoke, you can you can do one sixty eight, one seventy five. You was even saying, hey, you can go down and get some people ass at one sixty. So, like, how right. are you preparing yourself? Because this is the first formal training camp I remember you saying that you've actually had to prepare for a fight. Right, right. Yeah, well, I, um, I stay I stay around that weight, you know what I'm saying, or high so I can drop back down, you know what I'm saying, so so I could get used to being at 175. Cause mo- the other times that I fought at 175, I was coming up, or my body was used to being at 68. Going in 65, then I was fighting at uh, 75. So this time I'm actually coming down to 75. You know what I mean? So my body is like kind of stuck in a 
that 75, 80 range. So, you know, I could, I, I'm more comfortable. Um, how do you think your power translate, uh, translates up to 175? Like, do you have had impressive knockouts at 160, 168, 175? How do you think your power fares up there? Because, like, you, um, uh, like, you haven't always fought at this weight, so it's kind of a, a higher division well, for you. Well, I, I actually carry it um, at, at one. I carry it up to 175. I actually got two knockouts at 170, and um, I actually my last fight was at at 171 uh, when I fought uh, in Canada. Okay. So, okay. I, so I carry I carry my weight, my punching power, well, and the weight going up to 175. Okay. Uh, and, then, and then my movement, my movement is, is like superb there too. So you know, most of the guys that that's at one seventy five won't be moving like me. Hey, are you gonna wear that gladiator outfit, man, to the fight, man? Nah, I, I, I'm coming out with a new one, man. But I, I still got the mask jumping off, though. Yeah, yeah. Which mask yeah. are you with, man? Because I know you had us uh, picking out masks for you for your fights. So uh, which what you coming out to this weekend, man? I got, uh, I got this, this. Uh, you know the laugh now cry later sign. Yeah, I got, I got, I got the, I got the laugh now sign, but it's gold. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, so um, I'm gonna come back to that, and then the outfit, the outfit is like gold, black, different, like all these different colors, man. It's, it's sweet. Y'all, y'all get the, y'all actually gets to watch it, man. I think it's gonna be on Facebook Live. Okay, cool. Okay, yeah, that's where we be able to stream it, man. Uh, that's, that's yeah, a lot so, of uh, yeah, the, uh, the promoter is uh, Tony Gregelko. So, you know what I'm saying? You you have to at least get with him or either I'll post it, however y'all want to do it, you know what I'm saying, and, uh, so we, you can get the for sure. But I'm, I'm, I'm kind of almost leaning towards it's going to probably be Facebook Live. Okay, cool. Cause you know the uh, the cats in RTB two always be trying to catch you when you when you are mm-hmm. in the ring, man. So uh, we definitely be looking forward to that and getting some more uh, details about you. Uh, what the word is going to be streamed at? Uh, it's on Saturday, right? Yep, this Saturday. Okay. Yeah. Uh, when you heading out there? Heading out to Minnesota? Uh, Thursday. Okay. Cool. Cool. All right, uh, we definitely want to thank you for coming on, man, and chiming in. Definitely stick around, listen to the rest of the show, man. But thanks for calling in, Diesel. Oh, for sure, bro. All right, man. All right, fellas, good to have Darnell on again, man. Always a big, uh, always showing love and props to the show, so good looking on that one. Um, We're going to jump into our next topic, uh, Jamel Charlo vacated his uh, IBF title. Jamal, my bad. I always get the twins messed up, even though I got it right in front of me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But he vacated his uh, super welterweight IBF title um, over the past weekend, decided to to go full-fledged middleweight. Um, We're not going to talk about what's going to happen with the IBF situation just yet, so hold off on that, fellas. Keep it strictly about uh, Charlo. His prospects at 160. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start off with you, Bernard. Um, wow. Who can he really go up? You know what? I think he'll do – first of all, let me say this. I think he'll do well at 160. I would love to see him fight the winner of uh, Jacobs and um, Triple G. 
Hell, I would love to see if he get a fight with uh, Canelo since he did call him out. But um, as of right now, I think uh, give him a fight that can start up. Like I don't want to say a tune up a nice decent contender at uh, 160 pounds because I can't really see who can he really go up against right now. Maybe I don't want to say Sergio. Maybe a Sergio Mora. I mean, you got to think they got they got yeah, cats no. like David David, David Lemieux, Murata um, from Curtis Japan. Stevens. There's definitely some good fights out there for him to see okay. where he's at at 160. Yeah, I would like to see, yeah, just any one of those. Um, I would like to see it's just that when you look at the 160-pound uh, division, the only two people you technically really mostly hear about, maybe three years, the Lufkin, Jacobs, and Lemieux because yeah. – Lemieux, who else? Billy Ho, Billy Ho right Canelo. now. That's only because he's uh, babysitting the shit. Yeah, Mr. Billy Ho was babysitting the belt. I mean, he ain't trying to fight nobody American. I mean, that's because he always keeps his name out there, too. But, uh, I mean, it's a contender. He's he's up there, so I would like to hopefully he get a fight within a couple months of this, you know, get in the ring, get started on his journey to uh, the 160-pound division. Um, let me go ahead and pass it on to uh, Big Cool on this one, man. Uh, do you see him being the contender at 160? I mean, he's naturally a big guy. No doubt. So. <laughs> no doubt. I mean, and as far as a potential fight with Triple G or Jacobs, um, Triple G, if he's going to fight him, he'll fight him soon, within the next year. Anything after that, I think Triple G will be at a big disadvantage just because well, he's 33, 34 years old, even though he's active still. Jamal, man, he can punch. And I believe that he, he's athletic, he can box. I mean, he seemed to take a good shot, even though J-Rock was touching him up, you know, um, in that fight. I mean, he can punch, man. And him at his natural weight is going to be even more dangerous than he was at, you know, 154. And, yeah. I mean, I think he's already – second or third best middleweight in the world uh, without even fighting anybody, just off skill alone. I think he beat Saunders. I think he beat Jacobs. I think, you know, he beats Lemieux, Stevens. He beats Canelo. So, yeah, he's second, in, in my opinion. Maybe I'm just, you know, uh, uh, giving that title out too soon without seeing him at 160. But from what I've seen, you know, you know uh, he can box, he can punch. And I think that I like to see him face a uh, um, 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 a got it slick, or or Jacob, you know, even win or lose, you know what I'm saying? Because it's, it's good, you know, litmus test for him to see if he can really take a new middleweight's power. Look but at him gonna... using the words litmus test. You go, boy, you go. <laughs> hey, so us Alabamians, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, but man, like I said, not to talk too much. Uh, I think he's the second best middleweight in the world without having to take a fight. Only guy I'll worry I'd be worried about now is if he was to face Triple G. Other than that, I favor him over everybody else. I mean, there's really some interesting fights out there for a man. Um, you know, you got cat fight. I think Willie Monroe would actually be a good fight for him just to see stylistically. Um mm-hmm. I think the power would eventually catch up with Monroe just because we've seen him go down so many times against Golovkin. You know, and uh to stand in front of a uh, a guy like Charlo, who could actually fight at range as well. I mean, I like the I like that fight. 
Um, and another one that's pretty interesting is a guy that's trained by uh, Derry James that's kind of making his ways right now. Um, he's getting dicked around in the in the rankings. Um, Rob Brandt, you know, he's got a nice little skill set as well. Um, so those are two fights I'd like to see, you know, just to see uh, where he stands at 160. And from there, I could probably be a better judge. Uh, crazy thing is, Toriano Johnson is the number one contender in a, by the IBF. I definitely think Charlo gives him everything he can handle and actually beats him. So, yeah, Big Cool's probably right saying that he's already up there in the top four or five middleweights without even having a fight there. Um, Bo, let me get your thoughts on this move from uh, Charlo to 160. It's actually a move that we sh- we should have been expecting for a while. Charlo's been having problems making that weight, I think, in the last couple fights. He's been having some issues. Matter of fact, both of them, him and his brother. Uh, he has a very big frame. Uh, you know, he hung around to get that Julius J-Rock fight. So, you know, props to him for going out there where he won the time and defended it. It's a very good move because this is what we wanted to see happen to the 160-pound division. We was hoping guys from 154 would go to 160. That way now we can legitimately look at some guys that we feel that we can uh, could be the measuring stick for uh, Gennady Golovkin. Uh, one of the things that kind of interests me in this is the only thing about Charlo is I didn't like what I saw in that J-Rock fight was he got hit too much. Now, he showed a beard. He definitely showed a beard. He has a beard. But he got hit too much. And against some of the hard punches, like uh, uh, not Curtis. Well, Curtis, Curtis Stevens, a hard puncher, gloved Lemieux, even Jacobs. Yeah, Lemieux against some of those hard punchers. I'm wondering at that weight, will he be able to take those big punches like he was at 154? But um, you know, he has some pop. He has a great skill set. He has a very good skill set, and he's coming into 160 with some good good experience from 154 because he fought some really. Top, some, you know, some really tough guys, some really experienced guys, Bundu, Trout, and you can see he learned each fight from, you know, as he went to the next fight, he learned to eventually, which led to him beating, you know, Julius J. Rock Williams with the move that we wouldn't have seen him do against Austin Trout and any of the other guys. So yeah. he definitely comes in, in, into this mix uh, with the spark because, like you said, there's only two guys that I even see giving him some problems, which is Jacobs and, and Gennady Golovkin. And like you said, you know, given Jacob's chin, he may could even, you know, you know, he may could even take Jacob. So, yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, you know, he has height. He has reach. Uh, he definitely uh, has that dog in him, you know, like, like 2K likes to refer to. He has that alpha male dog in him. So it's going to be interesting. Um, I'm also hearing that, uh, uh, you know, Android is even thinking about even making a move toward that way just so he can get some of Charlo. So you got them two dudes at 160. It's going to be good. My only thing is his first fight at 160, I would like to see him fight either Turiano Johnson or Dominique Wade as measuring sticks. Um, just to kind of get him in there. I know he was in jail or something like that after the, the Glover okay. fight. I don't know what his situation is now. This was a while back. Yeah. So I don't okay, know. Yeah, Toriano, like you said, Toriano Johnson, like before we start throwing him to the wolves, uh, Toriano Johnson, uh, even a, a Willie Monroe, you know, Curtis Stevens right now is fighting David Lemieux. But Toriano Johnson, a Willie Monroe, you know, one of those dudes, um, uh, Quillen's at 168. 
So, yeah, he, you know, yeah. Quillen's fighting one sixty. Or he could even, you know, even, 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 even a Japanese dude. I was just going to say, even a Japanese dude. Even a Japanese dude. So, yeah, for his first fight, he could, you know, I would rather see him face, like, I'm with you. I'd rather see him face Willie Monroe. Willie Monroe is uh, uh, not so much as a bigger name, but he's more recognizable in that division as, yeah, a, as a solid opponent, opponent than Toriano right, Johnson. And if he can win that fight by knockout or look impressive, then we can start looking at, you know, uh, challenging somebody from within the top 15. Because remember, once you crack that top 10, once you fight somebody in the top 10, well, you can't look back. Yeah, so they got to watch how they bring him up. If the goal is to get him a fight with Canelo Gennady Golovkin, then he's going to have to fight a Willie Monroe and maybe even fight a a high-level contending guy and go for it because he has what, like, I could definitely see him giving Canelo some serious problems. Okay? Gennady Gennady Golovkin is a different animal because of Gennady Golovkin's punching power. But he, although he would have the reach over Gennady, he would have the reach over Gennady Golovkin, but Gennady Golovkin has a different mix, which is the punching power. So I would definitely, I mean, like you said, though, you, Canelo, Gennady Golovkin, Jacobs, he's in the mix with them dudes going up into that division because of what he did at 154. So it's good to see, man. Hopefully he can bring some spark to it. All right. Uh, we got another interesting turn of, event, of events this week. I'm not quite sure about this move uh, personally. Um you already know what I say about the Cuban Business School, but I'll let uh, Bo talk more of this one. Uh, we got Cruiserweight WBA regular uh, champ, Junior uh, Dortico's Cool Ranch Doritos, as I like to call him. Uh, he added a second uh, promotion, promotional team. Uh, he was with Caribe, and now he's adding uh, Warriors Boxing in the midst. Um, I'm not quite sure what the move does for him in his career. Uh, Bo, maybe you could shed some light on what's going on with that process. I know you're in contact with a lot of the, uh, you know, the Cuban management and the, and, the, and the fighters out here in the states right now. Yeah, um, you know what, man? That was a, that was kind of a, a shock. I, I was talking to Boxel um, uh, Cubano, and you know that was kind of one of those moves where they added, they they want to bring in another promotional company because you know Caribe. He's with Caribbean, and Caribbean isn't like um, – I'm not trying to put him down, but we all if, – if you know anything about boxing, you know Caribbean, okay? <laughs> Caribbean, you know, these are people who still had a fight uh, up on their website when the fight was long over. <laughs> the fight had long been passed, and it was still up there. So he adds Warrior, uh, he, he adds warrior promotions to his team uh, as like a, like, like a second party. More of a, in my opinion, more of a some bringing somebody in that may have a little bit more money, that can have money and behind them to the game. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I do believe he has signed with Al Heyman as his manager. So it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen with him going forward. That I think that that particular move also is what held up the um, the fight with Shumanov. So that fight is, I think that fight is going to be rescheduled later on because I, I think they're going to try to um, get that fight under the PBC banner some kind of way. So it's going to be interesting to see what goes forward because um, as it seems right now, man, you know, if, if, I don't know if you guys have noticed, there seems to be a movement going on between PBC and Showtime when it comes to trying to grab up a lot of these um, not so much foreign fighters. Yeah, trying to stack up some of these nice good cruiserweights 
present them out there, and even you know with you know with the direction they're going with some of these women boxing fights. So oh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. yeah, so it's going to be very interesting to see what's going to happen because the the biggest problem with the cruiserweight division is is just before you get to the heavyweight division, and, and we always say this. So a lot of these divisions in boxing don't get no attention because there there are no Americans in it. So it's going to be definitely be interesting to see because the Shumanov and Dortico's fight is a very good fight. Yeah. It's the fight that uh, me and and a couple of them was talking about. We felt Shumanov didn't want, and I don't think it might it might not be a reason Shumanov is scared of him. It's just Shumanov was trying to get that fight with Lebedev, and yeah, so it's going to, yeah right. So it's going to be interesting to see. It's definitely going to be interesting to see and. Of course, we know with the situation with Usyk, it's going to be real interesting to see now, because now we're going. To, how is he going to stack up with some of these dudes under this new training ship? So the cruiserweight division, man, is having some serious shakeups. I think people need to pay attention to what's going on because if you uh, uh, from top to bottom, cruiserweight's definitely one of the deepest divisions out there. Yes, knowing any yes. guys out there, definitely give them a look. It's a stacked division outside of Usyk. I mean, if you go below Usyk. Everything is competitive and there's good fights. You know, a lot of good fighters. You know, you got Gassiev, Dortikos, um, you know, Lebedev still in the mix. Lebedev, Cunningham. Cunningham, like Steve is still in the mix. There's a lot of good fights to be made at Cruiserweight, and I I can say at least 2 to 20, you know, from rank 2 to the 20th rank. Like, it's a lot of good fights to be made there. You know, like Bo was saying, a lot of it is because bad thing is, you know, a lot of these guys are foreigners. You know, so it mm-hmm. kind of takes away from this from the division's luster. But there's a lot of good fights to be made. Um, and they fight each other too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah they, they do. have to. They have to. They, they have, have to. Yeah, they have to. They kind of have to. Yeah. All right. Yeah, but yeah, this one thing I am going to say about the about the Ticos, he does come from the Cuban school of boxing, but this is something that I want everybody to understand. He comes from the Cuban school of boxing, but he wasn't like part of that uh, Cuban Olympic team. There's a huge difference between coming from the school and being on that Cuban Olympic team. That means you are the best of the best to be on that team. So although he has a very good skill set, we we are, this is going to be a very good test for him. We still haven't seen this this boy – in my opinion, I haven't seen him truly tested, and I haven't seen him use all his skill set that, that I know he has. I've been seeing his training videos, and he's he's putting it together, but it's going to be an interesting fight, man. I, I think people should pay it. This cruiserweight division is going to shake up a lot of shit, I think, coming up soon. Um, It's definitely going to be a good fight because, you know, Shumanev is actually trained by one of the trainers from uh that used to train one of the – He ain't training himself uh, no more? Nah, he's done with Salas up in uh, no, he was Salas. Salas. Yeah, you know, he's actually one of the dudes that trained a lot of the Cuban fighters. So Cuban fighters for the Olympic team. That's right. Yeah. That's absolutely so, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely interested in seeing that matchup. I can understand. Uh, Shibonai. What the hell we got going on? <laughs> I, 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 um, I mean, I'm not surprised by Shibonai's reluctance to fight him. Dortico's. Considering uh, you know, Lebedev was holding on to that belt for a minute, and uh, you know, he still managed to weasel his way out of having to defend it against Gassiev. So, um, I can understand Shumanov's standpoint. You know, he's been waiting for a year, just like Dortico's was waiting a year for Shumanov. So, I mean, it's one of those interesting things. Um, but with that said, we'll go ahead and go into our uh, our next topic, man. And this is definitely going to be a good one. You know, we, we mentioned it last week about the purse bid being extended. 
well. You know, they came to terms without having to go to purge bid. Man, Kell Brook versus Errol Spence, Barney going down, man. Announced for May 20th in Sheffield, uh, England. Uh, man, fight I'm definitely excited for. I might be covering it. You know, my first international belt. I can't ask for anything more. I mean, so uh, let me go ahead and pass it to uh I'll go ahead and start with Bernard on this one. Uh, what are your feelings about this finally coming to fruition, man? Man, man, down in Sheffield, UK. I'm calling it. That's all I got to say, man. That's that's my casual response for that Brook and Spence fight. Man, down. Spence is going to throw the harder party. He's going to get him out of there within. The, I say the sixth, between the sixth and the uh, ninth round, man down in the Sheffield, UK. Wow. One of these other uh, boxing purists. That, that definitely bold, a bold statement, and already, already, you know, he definitely well, came out with it. Um, I mean, I ain't got nothing to say. I, there's nothing to say because, I mean, did you, I don't know if y'all kept up on it. Brooke told, uh, no, excuse me, Spence told Brooke, don't make no excuses. Talk about it some weight when, when you lose a fight. So, I don't know how to, uh, what's going to come out about it, but uh, we'll see, though, man. We'll see. Let me go ahead and uh, get Big Cool's take on that. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up, Bernard, because uh, we've actually been seeing it in the groups already. It's not even the shit that, you know, before, you know, Brooke even said anything. Hearn, Hearn was actually the one saying that uh, his fighter is going to be drained before uh, Brooke said anything about it, and then, you know, all the cats in the group started bringing it up after that. So, I mean, what are your thoughts about excuses already being made about, you know, Brooke coming in weight drained and being too heavy and shit like that, you know, like he's at a disadvantage. And plus you got the IBF 10-pound rehydration clause as well. So he can't get up, get bigger than what, uh, one, what is it, 157? Uh, well, it sounds like built-in excuses to me. I mean, look, he could have vacated the title. He What did he say when he said that, that tweet? He fought too hard uh, to get to the, you know, IBF title to just give it up. So Spence is next. I mean, I think it's bullshit. I think he's going to make weight comfortably, and he's going to take the ass whooping, or he's going get to get a victory either way. I mean, however it's going to play out. But these built-in excuses just to discredit, you know, uh, Spence. Spence's potential victory is bullshit. And, you know, you know how Eddie Hearn and, and Brooke and them guys do over there. You know, they want to, you know, the fans bullshit to get behind that and so once the ass whooping happens, it's like I was drained. Like I said, if you if you worried about being drained, just vacate the title, go up to one fifty four, you gotta worry about none of that. But if you're gonna fight at one forty seven, you're gonna fight and you we're gonna assume you're gonna make weight comfortably and, and move on about it. But like I said, I'm on Spence side. It, it shouldn't be any excuses. Um when Spence wins. I mean you know, when the body shots start coming in, he's going to make them lose some weight for sure. So we're just going to see May 21st uh, how it play out. Man, um, I actually want to go in deep on this one, man, because, like I said, this has been brewing since Spence won, what, in August, what was that, August when the Olympics was? That was his last fight. Yeah. So this has been brewing for quite some time, and even before then, you know, because Spence couldn't even find a damn mand- uh, mandatory challenger to, to face him. You know, so I think they should all they should have gave him that shit a long time ago before without the Boondu fight. But you know, you know, he still received a lot of criticism because it was a one versus seven when 
two, three, four, five, and all them other motherfuckers that want to fight him. Um, so let me get Bo's take on this man uh, as far as Spence going in, you know, being willing to go into hostile territories and, you know, take this head on against, you know, he knows he's against a lot of odds fighting overseas. Um, so let me get your thoughts on that part, man. Well, not only that, remember, Spence didn't Spence didn't even care about no purse bid. He was willing to take 25% regardless. Yeah, they didn't have to go to purse bid. Spence's whole thing has been about fighting for a damn title. That's been his whole thing. He understood the way he had to pave his way. He understood the steps he had to take. He had no problems with none of it. All right? Uh, but as far as people making excuses for um, Brooke, here's my, here's my thing with Brooke. You chose to go to 160 and fight Golovkin. You didn't have to. Nobody made you to. That wasn't even a part of your radar. You chose to do that. For whatever the reason be, be it money, fame, whatever the case is, but you chose to do it. Okay? You got in the ring, broke the orbital bowl. You were sending out tweets. Remember when he was going for this fight? What was he always saying? How good it felt to eat whatever you wanted to eat. How You know what I'm saying? Just... How, how how good it felt to just be able to not have to worry about cutting weight and everything like that. So you already knew the 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 uh, the dangers of of going up and weight and fighting like that and then having to come down. And I truly believe this is the reason why they kept asking for these extensions because they wanted to get you know maintain his weight and get down. Uh, for those who say that we was up here saying that you know he was scared of Spence and was ducking him, I always tell people the same thing. If you look at the moves he was making, they're only fighting Spence because they ran out of fucking options. Khan, uh, uh, you couldn't get Amir Khan, okay? You couldn't lure in uh, Manny Pacquiao. And at one point, I think they was probably even considering the Cotto fight. So the only reason yeah. why, don't make it look like you fighting Spence because, oh, I, he's been on my mind. No, you fight him because he's a, you ran out of fucking options. Don't bullshit me. Now, everybody's books fans, you can bullshit them. They can believe it if they want to. You're only fighting Spence because you ran out of motherfucking options. Because after Golovkin, right, you knew who you had on your map to fight, right? And you could have said, hey, man, right then, yeah, once I healed up, Spence, you're done. No, you said this after Khan ran out, after Pacquiao didn't bite, hell, even after fucking Cotto didn't bite. That's when you fucking decided, well, I might as well fight Spence. And Eddie Hearns, even still, uh, up, up, up until that, was even, was even saying how, well, he's more comfortable with, 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 with Brooke fighting at 154. So it's going to be uh, – I'm going with Earl Spence, for some, and I'm just going to say it. I'm going to go with Earl Spence. Uh, my only concern is Earl has been out the ring. Um, he's been out the ring too long. He does tend to get hit a little bit too much. But if you watch Earl Spence fight, there is a reason why people say hands down, man down. There's a reason why, like Freddie Roach and all some of these other trainers have even said, man, this kid could be the future of the welterweight division. Because, um, and this is not just me, this is documented stories of, and everybody knows, I ain't even got to bring it up, everybody knows, all I got to do is say Mayweather Gym. And everybody knows what the fuck went down in them gyms. There's a reason why this oh, yeah, boy even is who he is. Even right, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there's a reason. There's a reason why when Floyd Mayweather said that I'm retiring and I want Sean Porter and Keith Thurman to fight Earl Spence for one of my titles, them motherfuckers said, nope, 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 nope. There's a reason for that. And hopefully 
if we're right, we'll see it. I give him mad props for being willing to go to Sheffield. He could have said no, and nobody would have blamed him because we've seen fighters go to Sheffield and, and get robbed. Uh, uh, Darrell can attest to that when he fought Carl Foch. And, yeah. and, and, and it's something that Darrell said that I like when he said he can't show that video to nobody. Like, who the hell he going to show that fight to? <laughs> and he's right. Okay? So I give him mad props for going there. And the fact that he's willing to do it should tell you what his confidence is. He knows, hey, he's going there to put some hurt. On this yeah, he, so definitely knows, he, knows, he knows. He uh, knows going in the, yeah. the the foreign waters. He knows he he has the to take the belt from him. You know he can right. And for everybody that says to me, and every and of course everybody want to say this to me. Well, you know who is he fought to make you think that you know he can beat uh, uh, Kale Brooks, blah blah. And I and I always refer to everybody the one thing. The reason why I believe the Earl Spence can get him because again I saw Kale Brooks go life or death for Carson Jones. And Carson Jones ain't nowhere near the goddamn fighter Earl Spence is. Yeah. So if you go to death with Car- with Carson Jones, I hope he tries that shit with Spence. But, I mean, why don't people know, question Kell Brooks' uh, resume the same way? Like, if you think about it, he's got maybe, I mean, love more than dude, two. way past his prime, you know what I'm saying? Way past his prime, not even a contender. Uh, what, Sanchenko? Also at the end, towards the end of his career. And then you got Sean Porter, a fight to where it wasn't an, necessarily an impressive win, you know. And then you match stack up Spence. He's gotten guys out of there that, you know, other great fighters couldn't. You know, Keith Thurman couldn't get Boondu out of there. Manny Pacquiao couldn't get Algeria out of there. I know these aren't the but biggest Spence names been, or anything like that. You have to man. This has been fortunate to be in the U.K. They don't criticize heavily in the U.K., or if they do, we don't hear about it. But I don't think they criticize heavily in the U.K. as, as, as we do in America. And then, of course, Brooks was holding the IBF belt. Think about the only welterweight, the only welterweight that gets heavily criticized is Danny Swift Garcia. And the reason being is he holds that most prestigious belt in all the box, which is WBC. Because you can also look at Keith Thurman's resume up into Sean Porter. You can question his resume. So, you know, it, it has something to do with the title and the fact that his fights does take place over in the U.K. Because I agree with you. He fought, what, BZ? Like, if you think about the fights that fell through for him, Vargas. Uh, Brandon Rios, Diego, Diego, uh, right, Diego Chavez, who you know, yeah, think all the fights that fell through. Devin Alexander, yeah, huh? Didn't one of these times with Bradley to fight? Nah, I'm not sure. Yeah, well, yeah, no, Bradley fight was, and it's one of the things they was going to pursue, but but I think more Bradley was more looking at the Pacquiao, the, the third Pacquiao fight than Brooks, yeah. I mean, I almost get the feeling that they're cashing in on his career, man. Uh, they're going to take this fight at 147. Um, I don't see much of a future for him at 154. I mean, Brooke is a big guy, but he's not a big puncher, even at welterweight. And, you know, going against those guys at 154 that are, you know, an inch or two taller than him and probably coming down for 180, really, to make the weight. I mean, these dudes pack a lot of wallop. You know, even the young guns like Jared Hurd, you know what I'm saying? Like, these guys are big, strong guys, you know. Um, I got a question for the panel. What happens does, if Brooke wins? Is he the best welterweight? Is he the best welterweight in the world if he wins? I mean, I, I, can't, I, I, can't take it, I can't take it away from him. It's definitely an impressive victory. I mean, I'm not going to give no excuses about Brooke Spence being inexperienced and all that. Okay, that's yeah, not I, 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 no. 
That's a really good answer, really cool. It depends on how he wins. You're right. That's yeah, because because if it's cool. a robbery, yeah, because if it's a robbery, you're absolutely right. I don't think people are going to respect the victory as much. I mean, I hardly respect his victory over Sean Porter, but, you know, it is what it is, man. Um, but let's go into our next topic. And like I said, man, that's one of the bigger fights of this year, so y'all be tuned in going down to May, on May 20th in uh, the U.K., um, but that leads to our next uh, topic, and I know I'm going to re- receive all kind of flack on this one, y'all talking shit. Um, the Dynasty versus Joe Smith fight is no longer uh, in contract talks. Um, it's going by the wayside. It ain't going down, man. Uh, I don't yeah. know if you guys saw the, uh, the articles or anything like that over the past mm-hmm. week. Um, mm-hmm. I'll go ahead and let you guys start off, and you know I'll I'll go ahead and do my Caribbean defense at the end, man, because I know what well, you're going to do. It's just a simple <laughs> question, man. Twan, can you tell us why you're not going to fight Joe Smith, man? Can you, man? <laughs> did you, hey, did you bro, hear bro. what they were trying hey. to do? <laughs> He's saying Joe Smith is trying to be the A side in this fight. That's yeah, what. Basically, that's what happened. Which I think is some bullshit. This wasn't uh-huh. even from, this is his promoter saying it, man. Like this wasn't nothing that Stevenson said. This is the same guy that promotes Lucian Butte, Elita Alvarez, uh, John Pascal. This is a dude that's really in this game, man. Um I gotta take him at his word for it as far as what's going down. Um, I didn't catch the Joe Smith article. Um let me go ahead. I'm going to check that out while while y'all go in. But um, what, what thoughts y'all got on this? I know you guys are calling him a chicken and running. But, I mean, basically, John B. Michael, I guess that's the guy's name in Canada. Um, I don't have any reason to feel he's lying about this kind of thing, considering the, the, his stable of fighters up there in Montreal. Um, so I'll go ahead and start off with Bo. We're going to go in, a, go in a little panel circle as usual, and let's get some shit going, man. Let's get it started. Uh, you know what? Now I I don't know all the information, everything going at it, but this is what I do know. I remember when uh, Adonis said, "Okay, I'll, I'm gonna fight Joe Smith, and when I fight and beat him, I don't want y'all making excuses about how he was green and wasn't ready, whatever the case may be." So it did seem like he really was interested in taking this fight and wanted this fight with Joe Smith which would have been a good fight for him. And if he got the victory, it would have been a big victory for him because um, right now the, the other top two guys at the division is tied up and in, in trying to figure out what they're going to, what their next move is going to do, which is Andre Ward and Sergei Sir, Sir Kovalev. So Joe Smith would have been the viable opponent coming after a knockout of Bernard Hopkins uh, and, and then coming from Fada, who uh, Adonis, I don't think Adonis did knock out from Fada, right? No, he did not. So Adonis didn't knock out for father. So it seemed like Adonis wanted to fight. Now, for some reason, and I, I think you guys know more about it, they're saying that, you know, hey, talks are frozen. Uh, they haven't heard nothing from Adonis. If it's something where they're saying that Joe Smith wanted the, wanted to be the A-side, to a certain degree, and I'm, I'm just going to say this, and y'all can disagree with me if you want, I can kind of see their point because, Joe Smith, with them two victories against Bonfada and even Bernard Hopkins, has given him more cachet than Adonis Stevens being the WBC champion. Get the hell out of here. Hell yeah. Yes, it has. 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 Yes, it has.
The lineal goddamn what? The lineal, he's the man. You know he's the man. Do you know the rules? Don't do that. 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 You're supposed to fight that son of a bitch. I wish a mother, a motherfucker ain't got to be from Chicago. You can just have your ass close enough to the goddamn United States, and you call me a chicken, I will get that black motherfucking ass. He didn't Man, do this shit. Tripping. Like you said, there's fuckery on both sides, <laughs> and uh, he who laughs last laughs first. So when a motherfucker calls that, you a coward in your own okay, so, so what happened? So what, what, so what if it's supposed to fight then? So why didn't it happen? They made they, they were just about they were about as much businesses. Two times, two times it was Stevenson's fault. One time it was Kovalev's fault. Yeah, and that was the start of the time. So who really wanted to fight their damn dad? They did the same. You could accuse them of the same shit Stevenson did. When a motherfucker calls you a coward dog, you're supposed to say, "Okay, man, you can have whatever you want. I want your ass." And I know if I call. Anyone, if I call any one of y'all on this motherfucking phone right now, a punk ass bitch, all of y'all, when this call is over, who left the, who left the shit person, to say to me. Bo, who left that? Hell, and you call time. Me. No, wait a minute. I'm just, wait a minute. And I said that. I said that. that. I said that. Okay. I said, yeah. Wait a minute. One time was their fault, but there were two times that was Stevenson's fault, dog. But the there final time when the fault. fight could have actually been made, Bo, who really okay. wanted it? Are you going to sit here and tell me, Twan, that Joe Smith knocking out Funfada, knocking out Bernard Hopkins, does not give him more cachet? No, what not the, 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 the call no A-side shit. No, no. Win the title first. Win the real title first. I don't want to hear shit about no silver bill. Nobody even respects this motherfucker right now, dog. Who the fuck respects Adonis goddamn Bitchinson? Who the fuck respects Bitchinson, man? And that's what I'm going to call him, Bitchinson. Because that's what he's acting like, a bitch. Fight somebody, motherfucker. You Man, he don't deserve no A-side shots, bottom line. I'm going to leave that there. He don't deserve no A-side shots. He needs to drop that bill. He needs to fight somebody or drop that bill, man. He, man, he, he on some bullshit, man. Like, Twan, you my dog, man. Stevenson ain't never fight nobody, bro. He fucking acting like Billy Ho. So, so Fine Fire is nobody man. now, but Joe Smith knocked him out, and y'all defending that shit like, oh, that makes him the man. But when, he, he when did he knock him out? That's a deep win is a fucking win. Yeah, that's some dumbass logic right there. But anyway, man, I'm going to go to our next time. No, you wanted to you want to defend this motherfucker as you helping bitches and his this shit and send you a T-shirt. That's what the fuck that shit is. I ain't sure about no damn T-shirt, man. I'll be on the channel trying to get you in the minds while you trip, while you on that shit. You know what I'm saying? I got a wrong feeling, but, man, but Donna Stevenson, man, he definitely, I ain't saying he ducking Smith, but he don't want to face anybody that's going to pose any type of threat to him, man, so. And remember, this is the same guy that almost was out the same way that Fonfar went out. So, I'm, I mean, is Joe Smith really that guy already? Like, yes, he's not. Hold on. Yes, he's he's not. Not. yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is by American standards. Listen, 
when that month, when Joe Smith beat, when, when Joe Smith knocked out Bernard Hopkins, something nobody has done, that shit went viral. It made this motherfucker overnight phenomenon, and I'm just going to say the motherfucking obvious. I'm going to say the motherfucking obvious. He has the complexion for the protection. That boy hits hard, he fights, he knocks motherfuckers out. I, when, when I interviewed uh, uh, Homer Gibbons, he said, Don King told him, I like you, you white, and you can fight, and I can sell it anywhere in America. And that's some real true shit. This boy knocked out two, he knocked out from Fada, he knocked out Bernard Hopkins. He, get, he can sell out Madison's, he can sell out anywhere in New York right now fighting Sean Monaghan. See, that shit it, is still it, it out because he's hot right now. I guarantee you, it will be because of him. It has a lot to do with Sean Monaghan. I guarantee okay, you. Okay, let me ask you this then. Let, let me ask you this. Why is Adonis Stevens even interested in fighting Joe Smith if he ain't all that? Why is he even he's still, he's still, he's still the silver belt holder? Is, is he still not a mandatory? Is he still not the silver belt holder? Wait a minute. He could be looking at He could be saying, hey, you know what? Skip this shit. Give me the winner of Better Be. And motherfucking Sullivan Burrell, he could have fought better be before Beretta fought him. Hell, he could have did that. He could throw his name in all kind of hats. He ain't trying to do it. He's just not trying to do it, Twan. He's not. Yeah. Joe Smith yeah. knocked out. Right, Joe Smith knocked out from father. He knocked out Hopkins. He became an overnight sensation. When is it ever happened to Adonis, man? I, I just I feel, I'm not agreeing with that one as far as that man. Like, nobody the B the B hop is a knockout of a B hop is a knockout. You know I get that, but we know that ain't the B hop. You know what I'm saying? Hey, well, B hop the one that said he was gonna be paid by Joe Smith, he's an ordinary man or something. He said so. Look, man, we gotta give credit where credit's due because if, if Stevenson would have knocked uh, B hop out, everybody would have been like, oh, you know, he knocked out the legend. So you gotta give Smith his credit. Because you know, I picked B Hop to win that fight. A lot of people did. So I mean, he's seeing B Hop from the first motherfucker round. I'm like, this ain't motherfucking B Hop. So I, I, I mean, I, I can't sit up there. But B Hop picked Joe Smith, though. B Hop picked Joe Smith, not the other way around. This is a situation okay. right here where Adonis needs this. If Adonis fights Joe Smith right now with the hot streak that Joe Smith is on, think about what got Adonis the way he was. He fought Chad Dawson. Okay, Chad Dawson, well, like you said, he was the man. He fights Chad Dawson, he became the man. But ever since fighting Chad Dawson, he ain't done shit. He's been forgotten. He has been forgotten. So that's like throwing the farm for a fight out the window, but you giving motherfucking this dude the same credit. That's the same shit just because it ended in a knockout. Hold on. <laughs> he fought five times in 2014. Who has he fought in terms of a top contender? That has a somewhat of a name that you can still say, yo, he won. Stop your beat, but that nigga was fucking... Stop your beat, from the stupid middle You division. guys are throwing this fine fur name out from one side, but you saying it ain't shit for motherfucking Stevenson, he but you want to say that he's coronated because he knocked him out. That's some minute. bullshit, man. We're not saying that ain't Stevenson, man. We're not saying Stevenson, man. That, that, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm basically hearing. Because it ended in a knockout, no, his, that's, you know, that's, that's what you want to get. That is more that, credible. From Fada was on a hot streak when he knocked him out. It was a, it, it, it was a surprise. We and nobody expected. Like, 
Joe Smith was for a Bible fight that he was from, almost out in. You know what I'm saying? Joe Smith Early, was you know? from, Joe Smith to from Fighter was just a step up fight to get closer to a Don back to a Don Stevens. So he was the underdog. He gets knocked out. So then he follows up a hot streak victory with another fight against a Hall of Famer with uh, on another hot streak fight, knocking him out. He became a made man. Uh, Don Stevens since 2014. What has he fucking done since beating since I'm since not calling since, Joe Smith a motherfucking made man to, to be calling them A-side shots, oh, and that's where I'm leaving God. it, man. That's where I'm All leaving it. Right, all right, man. I can't call him no inside against motherfucking Stevens. Who's talking about a Donnie Stevens, though? Who, who's even talking I, about a Donnie Stevens? I can't call right no Joe Smith for eight sides. Okay, but who's talking about a Donnie Stevens, though? Who's more talking about, Joe Smith or Donnie Stevens? Who's more talking about, Joe Smith or Donnie Stevens? Stevens, and the damn sure ain't Joe Smith. You see, when the last time somebody mentioned Stevenson? You see Stevenson's name in the news more than Smith. You still yeah, hear about yeah, this yeah, motherfucker Joe Smith working at a warehouse oh, yeah. job or whatever the hell he is. Y'all tell me. Y'all don't call know him a ducker. I hear people calling him a ducker. That's all I hear about Dynasty. They call him a ducker. All oh, press is good, is press. Let's move on. Let's move on. Carry on. Um... Yeah, take, the, take this L, motherfucker. Gotta that ain't no motherfucker now. Y'all didn't prove shit to me. I got to my own goddamn crew. Y'all didn't prove nothing with me. You want to give a guy a, a credit oh, for some fight, fight but you want to get that. We don't need nothing for that guy that beat this, him. That don't make no sense. If this was the motherfucking Cuban fighter we talking about, you'd be all up my ass. And you know that, motherfucker. Cut that shit oh, out. I'm still, I'm still going to be on you about your Cubans regardless. I'm just saying you wrong where you wrong, dog. This motherfucker is not no damn A-side. That, that's what I'm saying. Joe Smith, no Smith has more cachet right now than Adonis Stevens. And if Adonis Stevens wants to get it back, he has to bow down, kiss ass like the bitch he is. Say, and one more time. I'm going to have to cut the cachet off my computer. I'm tired of hearing that goddamn word. <laughs> cachet! I got a cachet for you, Bernard. You know how I get down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mute me. Hey, you can mute me all you want. I don't care. Shoot. I, 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 I'm going to start walking. walking uh, what's that show called? The Walking Dead. I'll watch that shit. Shoot. Man, anyway, man, let's go in on our next topic. Uh, shit, I was hoping 2K's ass would be around for this topic, but he ain't. So we're going to have to skip skip the one about the women's fight. Um, but uh, we got another one coming up. We got uh, issues with the WBA, as usual, in the heavyweight fight uh, between – in a senior citizen's bowl, as I like to call it. Fresno Kendo and Shannon Briggs. Been a lot of controversy in that one. Uh, they were trying to make a minimum purse bid of what I believe was 300000 to get the fight happening, and none of the promoters wanted to bite on the shit for the rescheduling, the purse bid, because they considered it invalid. Uh, let me get y'all... Only one promoter bid. I'll, I'll, start, I'll start off with Bo, because uh, he knows one of the senior citizens on the card are involved in this. You know, they went to school together. Man. 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 Thousand, but the WBA is trying to say that it has to be a minimum of um, 
of a million. And uh, I'm just going to be honest, man. I, the problem that they're having is because both of these dudes, as Twan eloquently put it, past their prime, it's not a fight that's been generating a lot of interest. So no network, no major network even, no um, uh, 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 promoter or any anything is willing to pick this fight up because, um, I mean, let's just boxing is a business. And from a business standpoint, if you're telling me you got to have a minimum first date of a million dollars, then you're going to you're gonna have a hard time getting your money back on a fight like this. And that's just the truth about it. Uh, the WBA fucked up a long time ago because this is the title that Luis Ortiz is supposed to be fighting for. And if he was fighting for this, then maybe I could see somewhat of an interest for, for this title. But it's not. Okay? And so it's, it, it, it's a – now, I, I'll be honest with you, man. It's a situation where – you know, pretty much this has been a fucked up situation going all the way back to when uh, Brownie tested positive with with Chewinov and uh, and all. I'm not Chewinov, um, Shagayev and all that. So I have no idea, no clue as to what they're gonna do. They order another person this February 23rd, but if they don't get what they're looking for to get, then this then this fight is not even gonna happen. From what I've been reading about. This fight, then, you know, they're just going to, you know, they're, they're going to strip both of them of, of their place. And this fight's just not going to happen, which probably, to be honest with you, that's probably need, needs to what happened because they need to eliminate this, this goddamn, this shit with this title shit altogether. Because if you're telling me you're having a hard time getting uh, a network raising funds for a fight between these two guys, then even if somebody do take a chance to, all right, fine, let's make the fight. Well, you're going to have, you're going to run into this issue again with the winner. Whoever wins, you gonna have, you gonna run into the same issue again with the winner. You know, Fazzo Kendo is my dog. Like everybody knows, you know me and Fazz. You know, you know I, I remember, you know, back in my amateur days. But I mean, he is past his prime. Um, uh, Shannon Briggs, you know, let's go champ again. Another guy past his prime, and there has been no interest in this. Like, I, I can't. Uh, when was the last time anybody even talked about this? You know what I'm saying? Like, when was the I'm last surprised they this? even got four hundred thousand. You know what I'm saying? For them to even pull that shit, mm-hmm. I was surprised. So well, I mean, that was a uh, that was a uh, Briggs's promoter that that okay. did the four hundred grand. So, but yeah, and and even with that four hundred grand, for, see, here's what people got to understand: four hundred grand, you split it fifty fifty. That's two hundred thousand. Everybody, oh, that's that's big money. Not when you have to pay your manager. Not when you have to pay your team, not when you have to pay for sparring, not when you have to pay for traveling. That can easily shrink down to about fifty goddamn thousand dollars when you're done. When you're done, that can easily shrink down to about fifty grand when you're done. So, I mean, you know, but is that the, the sanction? Is that the sanctioning body's or uh, duty? The, mm-hmm. the, the mandate the that kind of shit. The sanctioning by the WBA is saying that, that the, the purse of this fight for the bid has to be at least a million dollars. Now, yeah, I'm looking at the article right now. Look at the article right, right now. Right now, hopefully, hopefully, what can happen, or what hopefully what happen is, maybe they'll come to some kind of terms between the two of them, the, the two sanctions. Uh, I mean, the two parties, where they may agree to listen. We do six hundred thousand, three hundred grand a piece split, or whatever the case may be. Maybe they'll do something like that. That way, the purse bid won't even matter. But I, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's not looking good, and unfortunately. It's not a good thing for either one of these dudes because they're not doing nothing but getting older. And like I said, the more time that goes by, the less interesting people are, even more so than what they are right now about this fight. 
And see, this is why the WBA needs to be kicking themselves in their own in their own ass for not dealing with this shit a long time ago. I mean, they fucking ruined the shit with Ortiz. I mean, now you got this shit happening. I mean, if you look up and down boxing, that they're picking and choosing which divisions they want to do this consolidation shit in. Like, there's no consistency in it whatsoever. And then they come up with some shit like this about a minimum of $1 million per bid for two motherfucking senior citizens. Like, I, I don't motherfucking get it, man. Uh, they're shooting themselves in their own foot, and their greed is actually going to come back to haunt them because nobody wants to see this fight as it is. They should have just gave motherfucking Ortiz his shot instead of this, and it wouldn't be the same problem. Somebody would have bought this motherfucking fight if that was the case. So, I mean, let me get Bernard's take on it, man. Man, let me say this. Um, I was just looking at the article again. Excuse me. I want to pull it back up again. And I was going to read what happened. If, to get this straight for you so everybody would know. If they do, if they don't make a deal and a second purse bid takes place and nobody bid, or if there's another invalid offer, Briggs and Okendo could be stripped of their positions to fight for the vacant belt, according to the WBA rules. Now, why were they in the position in the Well, we know why uh, Fed's yeah, in the yeah, position yeah, because yeah, of his yeah, shit. Yeah. yeah. And we also, well, okay, Briggs, you know, it got it because um, of his win. Then Brown tested positive for his band. It was stripped of the title, which was given back to. Ch- Chagavev, then Chagavev, yeah, Chagavev was later stripped for his failure to pay the liquid sanction fee to the WBA. So that's why we're in this situation because of Brown and Chagavev. Uh, so me personally, I think it's just karma for the simple fact of them stripping Lewis Ortiz of that WBA interim belt when they didn't need to. And it's all coming back. I just like it's coming back full circle on them. Now you guys, like you say, two older guys. Okay, don't get me wrong. Shannon Briggs does have a fan base in a way for what he does. Let's go, Chan. Not to demand no million dollars. Not to demand no million dollars. <laughs> Bo, I, damn, you just took the words out of my mouth. I mean, you. you oh, my you bad. Know. Damn, my dog. My bad. <laughs> 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 okay, yeah, man, blame, yeah. blame, blame that fucking Caribbean mother, Caribbean supporting ass motherfucker on the phone with us. Okay, no, 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 but I, yeah, no, I'm not saying he's a side. I mean, I'm not even saying sure he is a million dollar. Player. I agree. Hey, that's four hundred thousand was good. You could have gave him two hundred, two hundred grand a piece and kept it moving, man. But um, it could be greed on the WBA side, and this and that. Hey, this is their fault. And like I said, I, I, I let me say this. I don't wish bad on Briggs and Akendo. I understand this is a chance for them to become world champions one more time at the age they at. I understand that. But at the same time, let's look at it like this. There is somebody named Lewis Ortiz that deserves a title shot that has been getting avoided. That got shipped over the but that he should never have to uh, be stripped of, let alone even have to fight for again. So, like I said, I think it's karma coming back on the WBA. Yeah, the, and, the WBA and, 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 and dropped the ball. 
And now they, I, maybe this does mean we'll learn a lesson. Maybe you should have had three fucking belts in each division. Hopefully, you will decide to say, you know what? Here's the uh, here's the main belt, the WBA heavyweight title, and everybody else just fight for whoever whoever go by the ranking system. Whoever is the number one contender gets a shot at that belt. Plain and simple. Keep it simple, man. With all these bills, it's caused too much confusion because you already got to deal with promoters from each fighter, promoters from each fighter, a network to possibly throw this has this fight on, right? Uh, no, dealing with dealing with all these belts, you got to sanction the body with all these belts. This is a problem. This is what I'm just saying with the WBA and trying to get this fight situation. You got both promoters, one who chose not to even bid, and another one who who bid barely at at least half of the uh, half of the minimum. Then you got the fighters themselves, depending on what they want or whatever. It's too many things going on. And the WWE needs to basically suicide their system, man. Now, this is up. some bullshit. Now, I, I, let me put this out there, man. Motherfucking um, Demetrius Andre and Jack Kukay. That shit did not demand no motherfucking $1 million purse bid. So I'm not sure why they're demanding this shit for these guys with even less of a following at this stage in their careers. Like what? Kukay and uh, Andre, I think that shit was for under two hundred, uh, under $200K purse bid, to my to my knowledge. Um, like there was no million dollar requirement to get their shit down for the regular WBA title fight that they're about to have coming up next week. So I'm just like, what? Where's the discrepancy here, man? Uh, the WBA seems to be doing shit on the fly. Like even Joshua fighting for the Super WBA title against Klitschko is fucking ridiculous to me. I mean, they catapulted his ass up there like it was nothing. Wasn't even highly ranked. Yo, like you absolutely right. So, I mean, the WBA is doing shit on the fly. Um, they got a whole uh, lot of confusion going. It's some bullshit, man. Can I say something? Can I piggyback off you, Twine, real quick? Just real quick. Go ahead. I'm going after, after the first person did. Um, Banner promotion, the, the minimum person did for that fight was 150 grand, right? This is last year. I didn't get to see the I'm pulling up. When Banner Promotions put down 200 to 1,000 for the first bid, uh, Cocaine promoter put down four hundred twenty five thousand one hundred forty four dollars for their first bid. So you're absolutely right. This could this is a money grab on WBA being free. And they set the motherfucking standard, and they gonna strip these two senior citizens. Uh, they right. I mean, let me say something, man. Let me say something. Let me say something. If you say senior citizen one more time. <laughs> I'm going to be in Colorado on the first thing smoking out of fucking Chicago for you, motherfucker. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, man, I ain't going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going to pull this shit, man. They didn't demand this shit for fucking the beaches, Andre, but they going to demand this shit to these motherfuckers. I'm actually, you know what, when I, when, I, when I saw it, because it was crazy, because, you know, I, you, we get the rundown of what we're going to be talking about. And you said uh, 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 issues, WBA issues. And I'm like, what issues? And I looked, saw it. And when I read the article, I'm reading, reading. And I said, million dollars. I meant, dude, I damn near choked in my water when I read that part. <laughs> 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 I damn near choked in my water. I said, what? I've never heard no shit like this in my life. So I don't know, I don't know where they got that from. 
you know, that that million and dollar. That was something I, I didn't even know. Bernard that said uh D they could be stripped of their of their mandatory status mm-hmm. or their uh, ranking sure status. Be. Yeah. That that nothing seems fair about this at all to anybody involved. I mean and you well, know, you know the boy says is getting fucked again in the long run is what it's looking like. But you know what though? Let's look at it from this angle. Think about this for a second. This could be the WB this could be the WBA way. And I'm just, just just hear me out. This could be the WBA's way or somebody's way to pave the way for Louis Ortiz to fight for a title. Because if you strip these two dudes of their position, because you got to know this fight ain't going to generate no million dollars. So if you strip these two dudes of their position, then what's the next step? Louis Ortiz is already the Mando for the regular. Then you can toss him in there, I mean, for the super, so you can toss him in there for the regular. He holds the title, you satisfy him, and then maybe you can, if you're Eddie Hearns, then maybe you can make moves elsewhere with Joshua. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think Eddie Hearns would snatch this fight up, but I'm not sure if he does it for a million either. I mean, that's a fucking high-ass person. No, he can, he can, he can do it for a million with Ortiz and put, that, put it over there in the U.K. He'll get his investment back, depending on what he, like, he can make that an undercard or something. All right. Uh, so let's go on to our next topic here, man. Uh. The Bounce TV ratings, man, once again, really, uh, relatively unknown station, uh, Black Black Network, Entertainment Network at that. Um, Robert Easter Jr. went over, what, a million and a half uh, views? Mm-hmm. Uh, let me get y'all's take on it, man. This is probably, uh, what, was this their most viewed or their second most viewed compared to the uh, the one from last year? What was that again? Is this their most viewed or the second most viewed uh, boxing mm, show they that, had? Because I remember let me, Adrian. Uh, let me look that up. Uh, I remember Adrian Broner actually um, did some some good numbers on them last year. On Val Ishay Smith. Ishay Smith Ishe, did also. Yeah. Ishay yeah. Smith did one point two. Okay. Okay. So man, let me get y'all's take on this. Uh, like a network that small getting this kind of viewership with their boxing with their boxing cars, man. Um, like I said, a lot of people don't even have this uh, station. So um, it's not available everywhere. And for them to be pulling these kind of numbers bigger than anything else they show on the network, I mean, it's got to say something positive about what our aim has actually been doing with the PBC. Uh, so I'll go ahead and go start off with you, Bo. You know what, man? It's, it definitely says something positive, but the only thing that's disturbing to me is how how not media newsworthy this is going as far as being talked about. You know, um, this should be something that should be t- – this is why I always say boxing has these missed opportunities. Here is a missed opportunity right now. He had a boxing match on a network that's not very uh, well uh, known, not available in a lot of areas either. Do 1.2 million views. like. Why aren't we talking about this and running with this? You know, the okay man, look at, you know, Robert Easter Jr., not to say he's a star, but this is the way you can build him. You can say, man, he did 1.2 million views, man. And this, this, is, this is why I always say there's a lot of missed opportunities when it comes to boxing because something like this can be promoted. So if you don't know who Easter is, you'll read this and you'll say, man, what's up with this cat Robert Easter? And you'll watch, you know, you'll watch uh, uh, his next fight. So it's it's great from the aspect of um, you was able to get 
that many people to watch a fight on a network that's not like, you know, well known, well talked about, and not in a lot of areas. It's definitely great. I, I, I'm, I'm actually going to look up and see what is some of their higher ratings for some of their regular shows. That, and I would be interested to know, like, where does you know, like, where does this fight fall when it looks when you look at something like that? I'm, I'm willing to go out on a limb and say it's got to be somewhere in the top five, if not top you, three. You got to yeah, think of Friday yeah. prime time with so much other stuff available. Five, and, uh, man, you know, more popular networks, man. That, that's exactly. Good. Exactly. So. It it definitely speaks volume. I just hate the fact that it's not something that's well promoted and talked about like it should be, and that's a missed opportunity, again, for boxing. And that's the problem that we have. See, that's, that's the reason why right now we're searching for that next big star, that next big it, and we should already have that. Like, I can't remember a time when I was watching boxing where there was a search for the next big star. Like I said, when Ali left, you know, right away, you know, Ali left, Leonard was brought in. When Leonard was gone, you know, Tyson was brought in. Tyson did De La Hoya. De La Hoya did Mayweather, you know, and Pacquiao. So now we're kind of stagnant because we don't have that next big star or stars to go along with the star. And that's just something we don't have because boxing isn't doing a good job of promoting things they should be promoting like something like this. This was this is great news for a guy like Robert Easter Jr. at that. You know, he's – you know, he just won the title in his first defense. He did 1.5 million views. That's something that should be talked about, just like Earl Spence doing 6 million people. That's something that should be talked about. I mean, if it's fighters that these, you know, uh, mainstream media like, we don't hear the end of the shit when it's the fighters that, they, that these motherfuckers like. So it should be like this all the time. But, you know, props to him. So glad he was able to do it. Glad, you, you know, glad we're talking about it because it is something that should be talked about. And uh, I, I haven't heard it that much throughout social media, but hopefully uh, moving forward from this, man, you know, I just I just think there's more big things to come. I, I'm really – a lot of things have been, like we said, taking L's. A lot of things have been going down this year. So hopefully now this roadblock of getting more positive things in boxing out there, mainstream and social media-wise, hopefully that roadblock is, is slowly being removed, man, so we can start having stuff like this just front and center. And it wouldn't be possible without free TV. We got to throw that in there, you know. Right. So, uh, Bernard, you got anything you want to add add on this topic, man? Yeah, I was reading an article, and let me just so just in case somebody try try to debunk what it's saying about the 1.5 million is actually the replay is what helped push you to the 1.5. They combine the live views and the replay views, and that's what we got the 1.5 million um, viewers. I'm just reading the article, but. Let's let's acknowledge this though. This is really I'm really gonna um kind of impress me. Bounce TV is is an African American channel, one of the up and coming African American channels. So for those that say blacks don't support boxing or support their fighters, I think that let me say this: there's probably some other races that watch that fight as well for other fighters, but. Let's give credit to what credit was due, but I think you you have to look at two black fighters, two champions at that fighting on fighting fighting on the African American station. So and then let, guess, guess who's promoting it? Adrian Broner. So that's gonna be more eyes going to it. Now and those are two of his fighters. And knowing that they're fighting in their home, those two fighters are fighting in their hometown of Toledo, Ohio. I know Easter from um. 
Toledo, Ohio, but I think Warren is too, right? Nah, you from Cincinnati. You from the same hometown as Broner, I think. Okay, well, excuse, excuse me on that one. Let me excuse you on that one. So, but he's he's an Ohio. Let me say this: an Ohio native. So you two Ohio natives fighting in Ohio. So if I was correct, I, I, I may be wrong. They almost had a sold out arena. So those that didn't get a chance to see the fight, they probably would watch it at home, and they didn't get to see see the fight the first time. They called the replay. I gotta get man. That's gotta be great promotions on on PBC. Like I, I think I told y'all earlier, it's before before you know it. Don't be surprised if Al Heyman, excuse me, and Bounce TV sit down and have a, a signed contract where they continue to promote fighters. I I know they was using Bounce TV as their um, platform for up and coming fighters. But I don't. They necessarily don't have to even do that no more. They can. I mean, they can if they want to. Let me say that. That's their, their prerogative. But you threw two champions on there and you did well. So hopefully, let's see what they're gonna do with do with the next time. Uh, I mean, you can throw Easter back on there again if he doesn't. I'm pretty like sure they will. I'm pretty sure they will. Um, and just to piggyback off of what you said, um, should I actually forgot it that quick? But that uh, that was actually um. Heyman's original intention with the uh, with when he came up with the PBC is that you know he'd buy these timeshares and you know and then the networks would see how the output was coming and their ratings and you know he'd be able to get some money back from them by them actually paying for the cards which he's been able to do with I believe Fox Sports One already um, so you know just to put that out there some of the things his visions have come to fruition maybe not with all the networks especially considering uh, the exclusivity deal was a uh, you know, he had to back out of that after the Aram lawsuit. But, you know, some of the things that he wanted for PBC are coming to fruition. Maybe not in every way he wanted, but Showtime's kicking ass this year. Uh, yeah. We're going to see CBS kicking ass as a, their part of Showtime, you know, with the free cards. You know, Viacom, Viacom. Yeah. Oh. And this was actually, uh, uh, you know, Broner's card was free last night too, you know, free, uh, yeah. free weekend, free viewership weekend. So, I mean, there's some good things happening out there. Uh, that said, I guess we're going to go into another topic. Um, I kind of wanted to do this one, uh, just to throw something different in there to our show we haven't done yet. I wish 2K's ass was on the show because he loved, loved this shit. Um, I want to do a fantasy matchup. Um, Bo already talked about the Monzone versus Hagler one, so I decided, man, let's do something that could actually become realistic and come to fruition uh, real soon, sooner than we than we think. Um, Eris Landyler versus Demetrius Andre at 154, man. Uh, as you guys know, um, Lara beat Andre in the amateurs, um, and there's been a lot of back and forth between the two since then as far as getting in the ring and for whatever reason that hasn't happened. You know, Lara says they sent the contracts to Andre twice, and, you know, of course, Andre will refute that shit. Um so let's go ahead and, and get to breaking this one down, man. Uh, I guess we got to factor in Lara at this stage of his career as well. I mean, a couple of years ago, I'd probably say something different. So, I mean, let's start off with Bo on this one, man. How do you see this fight happening now? Um, or, you know, since it's a fantasy matchup, you could say when both of them are in their primes and they are at their best, how do you see it happening? Well, I don't know who Larry is because the man's name is Lotta. But um, 
Man, if you don't shut your mouth. Hey, you from the motherfucking Caribbean and you don't know how to pronounce Dickinson right, don't be talking about my motherfucking man who name is Lotta. Say his name right, yeah, Lotta. Just because you're not, just because you're not a road of Mills North, man. Oh, hey, well, like, he, he, we, we do think he be emphasizing that shit, though. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm, uh, you know, you know, it's too bad that uh, what's his name? Um, what's that light skinned punk ass nigga's name? Cannot be him. sure. That's what we're calling him this week. Cannot be sure. Younger brother of Al, be sure. Cannot be sure. <laughs> hey, be. I was gonna say 2K to Beta Male, but. <laughs> you know, 2K the dishwasher right now. Yeah, that, that, that's what he's talking about right now. I should watch them dishes vacuuming every Yo, day. Yo, hey, his address will be will be in each of one of my um inboxes <laughs> later on tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, what you say about that? Right, he, he, go, he go fuck around and say, yo, you know what? I'm not uploading this shit to YouTube. Nah, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> I would edit, edit these five minutes out of the show. Oh, I'm editing. I'm, right, right, I'm editing. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I wish you was on there because I remember we was had we, we we had a um, conversation about this um, not too long ago. All of us, we, we all was talking about this. It's a good fight, in my opinion. A lot of versus Demetrius Andrade. I had said, and I still feel this way, stand on. I thought uh, Edison Lada may have lost a step, but I think he's still good enough to where it would be a good fight for Demetrius Andrade. Andrade hasn't been in the ring in a long time. He's going to fight Cole K. So uh, I think if, if Lada's going to fight him, uh, he's going to have to fight him right after he beats Cole K. I don't think Lada can afford any more yearly formants. I'm, and I'm just being perfectly honest. Uh, he can't afford no more Yeti Foreman's fights. He can't afford no more what was the other dude named Zarek or whoever he fought, Z- uh, 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 Zarek fights. So he's going to have to uh, step it up, especially with one of the Charlo brothers being gone. He's definitely going to have to step it up because now you've got a belt that's open out there. So whoever wins that belt, which is going to be the winner between the fight we're going to talk about later on, they could possibly get a shot at Anderson Lotter. So it's about to heat up, and um, Lotter's going to have to get himself in the mix or he's going to come under heavy scrutinism and criticism, you know. But it's it's an interesting fight. I would love to see it. Uh, just because you beat somebody in the amateur, like the amateurs is different than the pros. You can beat somebody in the amateurs. Like you, you can, you know, in the pro, I mean, the amateurs, you know, you get knocked down and not be fully down, just a little days, and they'll stop a fight in the amateurs. You know, in the pros, they'll let you go and see how you do it. And we've seen guys who've taken losses, um, uh, uh, Riddick Bowe when he lost to a fight named Gonzalez in the amateurs. He came back, he wound up knocking yeah, him out. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of fighters that we saw. Uh, actually, Tarver, uh, who had lost a lot of fights to uh, Roy Jones in the amateurs. He came back and, you know, he wound up knocking out uh, uh, He wound up knocking out Jones. So a lot of fighters have taken L's in amateurs and then when they got to the pros have done great. I remember Mike Tyson was, we used to struggle in sparring against uh, Carl the Truth Williams when they used to spar. And as a pro, Mike wind up knocking him out. So, you know, um, we can't just, you know, what happens in the amateurs doesn't necessarily translate to success over in the pros. So it's still an interesting fight because 
as you can clearly see, Demetrius Andrade, especially against in that Willie Nelson fight, man, he, you know, he has what it takes to be a player. The problem is, he's he's not being in a position to be a player like he should be. Like Demetrius Andrade was, I don't know if he was the second one out of every all of them. I don't know who had the title first, him or Lada, but out of him and the Charlos and all of them, he was the first or the second. I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna say the second one to the win second, the title. Yeah, he was the second. Okay, right. He was the second one to win the title and never went nowhere. Like he went stagnant from there, you know. And we all know the reasons why. I'm not gonna get into the history. Everybody know the reasons why. If you've been following boxing, you know why. But you know he kind of got stagnant from there. All right. Um, and everybody else who's won, who's been winning titles, has been able to do things and move on, which is the reason why. Uh, not fighting him has not been something that's been pushed on everybody or everybody's been clamoring for because by him not fighting, you know, uh, everybody's like, okay, well, you know, he's not fighting. So, you know, if you don't fight him, nobody really cares because, you know, well, you ain't fighting, so don't nobody care if don't nobody fight you. And that's really kind of what boxing is. You know, boxing is one – boxing is just like that. That's Boxing is – and I say this all the time. Boxing is a cruel, hard fucking sport because – the same way they praise you is the same way they will rip your ass apart. So if you're not busy enough, if you're not fighting, if you're not keeping yourself out there and your name out there, then, you know, you're just going to get crucified. At least, even though I don't like the fact a lot of fight Yuri Foreman, guess what? At least he's staying busy by fighting him. If, you know, even if you want to argue, well, look at, okay, well, at least he's staying busy by fighting him, and then, you know, he, and, he, and he wound up knocking him out. So he's staying busy, and he got a knockout. Okay, what have you done, Demetrius? you you fought, we thought you was back when you fought Nelson, and that was what, last year sometime? What happened? You know what I'm saying? That was last year sometime, okay? And then on top of that, it didn't look good, the fact that he was he was calling for Lada, but instead of going Lada's route, he went the cold K route, and this has been taking a minute to develop. So he should have just, in my opinion, I said then, he should have just stayed on Lada. But he tried to go the cold K route to get cold K, that way Lada would have had to fight him, but now look how long this is taking to develop. So it's going to be an interesting fight when it goes down. Um, it's it's going to be hard to call because, like I said, I think Lada has lost a step. And Demetrius Andre's last fight was against Willie Nelson. But in there against a guy like Lada, even a Lada with even a Lada who has lost a step is still a dangerous fighter, especially in a fight uh, like this. And um, Bernard said says this, and he's right, and I believe him that. That's a fight that I think if presented to Lauder, he'll raise his game up because he'll know what's at stake here. Like, he probably didn't get himself up for a Yuri Foreman fight. He probably didn't have to get himself up for the other fight. So he may have to get himself up for this because he knows the challenge with this. Because when he fought Canelo, when he fought Angulo, so you can't count Lauder out. So it's an interesting fight, in my opinion. Of course, I'm going to go for Lauder. I'm definitely going to root for Lauder, but it's still a pick a fight. I mean, one of the th- reasons why this is a kind of an intriguing match to me because it made me think about another one of uh, Laura's uh, past fights um, against Paul Williams. You know what I'm saying? High output, tall. Uh And, you know, he pretty much was able to counter and make Williams look silly even though he didn't get the decision and, you know, he got dicked in the decision or whatever. But he, everybody that watches that fight knows Laura beat Paul Williams. Um, So it made me think about the contrasting styles. You know, you got Andre with the same kind of height, 
I won't even say he's as active as uh, Williams because Williams is putting out a thousand punches uh, in a fight, you know, a hundred punch, you know, high volume dude. And I don't think Andre is that high volume, you know, but he's got the same kind of probably he might not have the same kind of reach, either, but he's definitely close, you know, when it comes to stature as Paul Williams. So it just made me think about that. You know, and Larry was able to handle him pretty fairly well. I don't know about now. You know, as Bo said, um, he may have lost the stuff. He's definitely older. Um, so it'd be interesting to see. But I was kind of like, man, Larry may have a, you know, I've, I've actually been on the record saying I think Demetrius Andre is the best fighter at 154, even over Lara. You know, I've already said that. But it made me think. You know, if Lara was able to handle Paul Williams, a guy that was tall and high output, he may be able to do some things against Andre. He's, he, he's definitely there to be hit. You know, as we've seen him, he got dropped by uh, Vanish Matarosian, you know, in their fight, you know. Um, so it just made me wonder. Um, Bernard, do you have anything you want to add on this one? Uh, I guess we could say at this – I say even a couple years ago, I think uh, Lara would have a better chance. But right now, where do you see it standing between the two? Uh, I, I'm with I'm, I, I like both fighters. It's a chess match. It's gonna be a chess match that I think we'll both will sit back and we can say, you know what, we can we can appreciate it in the, in the long run. I know people don't like fights like this. They they call them boring, or they call. I mean, not necessarily Andrade is not born, as you say, but possibly because of the way how lower style is. But there's an issue between each other, these two fighters. They want they want each other. Andrade wants him, and I can see it. Like I said, it's going to be a chess match, two southpaws, and it's. Like I said, I'm going out edging with Laura. I can see it being coming out to a split decision. But I want to piggyback on something that both said real quick. I don't blame Andrade. When Andre called all of them out, the Charlo brothers as well, Laura at the time, it did for him to go to Colquay. I thought it was a smart move because it was right because, hey, the WBA is consolidating belts. We're, we're so we there. think they are. We think they so, are. Yeah. So, we think, so we think they are. Okay, yeah. Let me grab this regular belt from Colquay real quick. But also look at this, he got he got negotiation power too as well. If he just in case he wants to go wanted to go against Jamal, who was at the this this picture at the time, the IBF champ the IBF champ and the other uh Jamel, the WBC um junior middleweight champion, he had he would have had leverage bringing on to get a get a bout, a unification bout that could have been pushed. Then he would have beat them too. his goal was to say Laura for last. I don't blame him. I mean, you got a plan. If it works, it works. You see what's happening now. He's got. He's gonna get cold case. But we see that Jamal has gone up to 160. So his next best thing is do if he wants to get Jamal, he better go after him now, or he needs to get Laura right now. Well, the Jamal fight's not happening. I can tell you that now because uh, um, there, you know, he's pretty much got two people mandatory. Um, you know, you got the happy fight coming up, and then you know you got a uh, Erickson Lubin fighting for. The next one in line, basically, to fight uh, Jermell wow. Wow. for the WBC. Um, he's fighting at, uh, Coda um, in the coming in the upcoming weeks. Um, it might actually be this week while you're bullshitting uh, this weekend, but we'll get into that in a hot one. Um, 
But yeah, I'll go ahead and let you continue your point, man. No, I was just basically saying that. Uh, and they, but you wanted to base on your prime. Ooh, I gotta give it to Laura, man. I would have to give it to Laura. It is. It's still be a chess match, man. It's a. It's a chess match. It's a toss yeah. you know, either way. But it's a. It's, it's a chess match that I believe we boxing purists and those times they went down the line once they those that accept it can say you know what we if we watch that fight we are gonna say you know what dad this was a good this was a good fight and you probably gonna go back like yo maybe we'll look at it again like man I say Andrade won or maybe I say Laura won hell if it's a draw I wouldn't even complain I could see it being somewhat of a Kovalev war fight. Not with no knockdown, as I'm saying, not with no, not being a robbery. I can see him being that close of a fight. Yeah, and I definitely don't think Andre would be. I won't, I won't say he was reckless against Willie Nelson, but he was able to because it was Willie Nelson. Um, yeah. I don't think he'd be able to just um, put that kind of onslaught on Lara. You know, Lara's too smart of a fighter. You know, his counter game is on point. Um, so I did, like you said, it'd definitely be a chess match. Um, Andre would definitely have to be more patient in the fight. You know, if he tried to blast out Lara, it, things might turn turn back on him. You know, um, like I said, he's been down before. Not to say Lara is the biggest puncher out there, but you know, he he has a pop enough pop to make you think. You know, well, let's um, keep something in mind, though, fellas. Let's let's keep one thing in mind. When you fight a guy enough times, you get to know him. Like, uh, you know, they like you said, they fought each other a couple times in the amateurs, so they kind of know each other here. So that's why, to like to Bernard's point about it being a chess match, well, it most definitely is going to be a chess match because regardless of how, however long you fought somebody, I don't care what nobody say. You could fight somebody one time, it could be 10 years later. When you fight them again, you're going to still have in your mind how that dude fight. That's going to stay with you. Yeah, yeah. It's always yeah. going to stay with you. That's always going to stay with you, man. So, that's why I agree with Bernard. I, I can see this being a big-time chess match because now, you know, it's not the amateurs and you're throwing in a lot of rounds in there. Yeah. Man. Yeah. But let, let me see. Okay, the perfect example on our, from last night's fight, because Adrian Granados and Bronis sparred against each other, they knew what each, each fight was bringing. Very true. Good point. So just mm-hmm. using that as an using that as an example, not the fight to say there was a chess match, but they knew which you know what I'm saying. We knew Granada was, was going to be the, what you call it, the come forth, not going to stop. We knew Broner was going to do what he did. I mean, that's just an example of what could happen. Now, less like I said, either Andrade or Lars got something in their arsenal that they haven't pulled out yet that the the other fighter has a team then it's going to be a chess match. Yeah. And Lara has mentioned he wants to be a more aggressive fighter at this stage of career. Um, You know, we haven't really seen that from too many other fighters, you know, them becoming knockout artists after being, you know, well-noted boxers all of their careers. Um, Like Juan Juan Manuel Marquez might be the only one I could think of that's kind of made that transition from being a great technical boxer to being being able to knock people out, um, you know, in his latter stage of his career. But um, yeah, that leads us to our next topic, man. We're gonna do a quick UOENO and then uh, go into our breakdowns for the week um, for the upcoming fights Um, on this day in 2000. 
uh, Eric Morales beats Marco Antonio Barrero in the first of their, uh, you know, their epic trilogy, man. Uh, talk about some great fights. All three of them were great. Um, but this was just the first, and uh, Morales was able to retain his title in this fight. So big up to both of them now retired. Um, yeah, definitely a, a good fight for those that, uh, you know, haven't seen the history or are new to boxing and haven't really been following that long. It's definitely a fight you need to go YouTube. I say YouTube the whole trilogy. Um, definitely nothing but excitement right there. Um, seeing two Mexican fighters go balls to the wall, basically, man, and slugging it out. Um, we're going to go into our next couple topics, though. Uh, Bo may know a little bit more about this one. I know he's been following it. Um the Deontay Wilder, um, you know, he has a fight coming up this weekend, but he actually has also been in another separate fight, which is a legal battle. Um, they had a civil suit against Alexander Popkin, um, which they happened to win over the past week, I think, um, you know, over having to withdraw from the fight. Um, is there anything you might be able to, to give us some information about? I'm not sure uh, as far as the ramifications from, from – uh, Hobbikin's team losing the losing the suit, and I know they well, had right. actually tried to counter sue for like a ridiculous amount of money, um, from what I remember. But yeah, uh, first of all, anybody, uh, and I remember the arguments I was having with dudes about this. Anybody that actually thought that there was not a case here. And those who was trying to support Povetkin in this, with the trace amounts and everything like that, you 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 were fucking kidding yourself. Um, the bottom line is, regardless of trace amounts, regardless of what you want to say about uh, uh, them not cheating and all of that, the fact of the matter is, all of that is hearsay. You know, when people talk about well, well Wilder left without talking, that shit is hearsay. When you go when you go to court, I say this all the time. When you go to court, you can't bring hearsay to fucking court. You got to bring facts. And the fact remains that was a reported fucking failed test uh, reported. Yes. And it was reported after three passing tests. Yes. Okay. That's it. That's the bottom line is he passed three tests, had one comeback fail. Okay. That's it. That's the bottom fucking line. And is because of that test, is that the reason that caused the fight to be canceled? Yes. Okay. So all that shit about what he was told, who he didn't tell. That's hearsay. That's fuck all that. That's you know who told him what. We ain't privy to that. We privy to what the fuck the fact was, which he failed. And going into court with the lawsuit for loss of money, breach of contract, and all of that. Well, because the reported failed test was there, then he failed another test before going to court. Well, this was a foregone fucking conclusion for a different drug too. In fact, a whole different drug. He failed it for a different fucking drug. So. Um, as it stands right now, first things first, I don't think they haven't said it yet in the WBC, but according to the the stipulation they had for him, for, for the first one, if he gets caught a second time, he's banned, period. He can no longer fight for anything that's WBC related. So his ass is gone. He's out as, as, far, as, far, as, as far as we're concerned on from that aspect of the game. Um, secondly, uh, they can appeal for uh, uh, Rebranski and all of them, Ted Beck and them, they can appeal. Uh, I don't know if they will because, you know, I know he has a lot of money and all that. But 
and I and I wanted to say this, and I'm glad you brought it up. So this dude to be a billionaire and all of that, man, look, then the $4 million shouldn't be a scratch off his back. Pay the fucking $4 million and move the fuck home. All right? Uh, but if he wants to be defiant, then he can probably spend more money for something inevitably that he's going to have to wind up paying in the first place. It kind of reminds me of um, the situation with Oscar De La Hoya when the uh, Carnello thing went to court and he had to pay damages about uh, up to about $8 million. And Oscar them could have appealed, but they, you know, they, I don't think they did appeal. I think they just went on and said, you know what, let's just get rid of this and pay this out because we, we'll waste more money doing the appeals and all that because those lawyer fees can be a motherfucker. So, yeah. you know, yeah. So, um, but, you know, they have the right to appeal, and if they appeal, who knows? But like I said, if this guy got all this money in the world, man, pay this goddamn $4 million and just move the fuck on. Because at the end of the day, it's a bad light that's being casted, not just upon your fighter, on anything coming out of that area. As you always talk about, Twine, we go all the way back to the, you know, to, you know, to the Olympics thing. And then his second opponent, filming drugs. So when you look at that whole region up there around in that area, they have drugs that they take that they are testing positive for that's banned for whatever the reason is. So, uh, I mean, there's really nothing you can really say about it. You know, he lost Deontay Wilder 1. So for all those who had all these things to say, it's a lot of closed mouths now because from Jump Street, Deontay Wilder was was, uh, being looked at wrongly for the other guy doing something wrong. Now, the court system is saying, nope, that's not the case anymore, you know, because, again, you have to come with facts. And the number one fact is he has three passing, one fail. That's all the court's looking at because you have to explain. You know, the court don't give a shit about what the WBC told Wilder. What Wilder told them. They don't give a shit about that. What they care about is explain to me how you got three passing and one fail. Explain that shit to me. Okay, yeah. and that's what they, because the test never changed. It was the same test all three fucking times before this past one. They test for the same thing all the times. They didn't say, "Hey, let's test for a lower dose amount." Nope, it's the same fucking test all the time. So once that's proven, that's it, man. So you know, it is what it is. I'm I'm glad he won because he has his aha moment. I told you so moment, and I'm I'm glad he he won, but um. Now, I remember even you guys talked to Deontay Wilder and, you know, even listening to him when you guys talked to him, you can hear the confidence in his voice that he knew that this this is a foregone conclusion, you know? Yeah, and he said it definitely didn't, uh, you know, affect his training for his upcoming fight this weekend, which we finna get into now, um, breaking down these fights coming up uh, on over the weekend. We got some pretty big ones, actually. Um, I guess uh, knowing Bo, he's going to want to start start with this one. Um, Cecilia Brackus, you know, her, her fight was uh, actually delayed last <laughs> month, uh, but it's happening this weekend against Clara uh, Spenson, uh, defending all four of her titles. Yes, she does own all four of the, the sanctioning bodies, the major sanctioning bodies. And let me, let me put this out there real fast. Um, Bernard, she does not hold the IBO belt, and I'll tell you why. Because it doesn't fucking matter, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, uh, let me go online, pull up a picture, post in a group, guys. Y'all can take a look at it. <laughs> <laughs> the hate is uh, real for IBO. <laughs> but, but, Bo, um, you want to give us a breakdown of this one? 
uh, as far as uh, how you see it happening in practice. She a bad chick, man. She just bad, man. Man, look, I'm over here with my Kool-Aid grin on. Let me tell you, boy. Um, the most beautiful <laughs> woman in all of combat sports. Cecilia Brackett, she, she is fighting a, a – the woman she's fighting is taller, but that didn't bother her because when she fought Matthews, Matthews was taller. Like, Cecilia Brackett has a skill set, man, and if she was a man, she'd be, she'd be so highly fucking celebrated. She would be – even Clarissa Shields winning two gold medals. You know, if, if, if she was a man, she'd be highly fucking celebrated. But uh, her skill set level is just it's just off the fucking chain. Like, she, she, her fluidity, her movement, um, even when she fought Mathis, you know, she wasn't known as a knockout artist, but we saw her actually sit down on her punches. And she was able to sit down and still be elusive. So um, I'm, not, I'm not mad at her for, uh, and I always say this, when you get in the ring, you know, there's no excuses. So if she's told she was sick or wasn't at 100%, and she decided to postpone the fight. Yeah, that's what the fuck you're supposed to do. You know, that's what the fuck you're supposed to do. Uh, but it's uh, uh, it's uh, it's still boxing. She has, you know, she had the injury, so I don't know how severe the injury was coming back. So that could play a factor. And again, you know, the woman she's fighting is a lot taller than her. But there's nothing I've seen about Sevenson that that's like to me alarming. Uh, she has a slight chance to win the fight. I'll say a ten percent chance to win. But when you look at Cecilia Brackett's skill set, and if you've been watching Sevenson, you know she's no nah, man. She's she's uh, not as robotic as other opponents, like for instance Masters. But she just doesn't have that fluidity and movement and boxing ability that Clarissa Shields has. So this is a, a good fight. Um, I'm sorry, not Clarissa Shields. Uh, Cecilia Brackett has. It's a good fight. Um, she's a top contender. She only has one loss on the record. So I'm, I just see Cecilia Burke giving, putting on another wonderful performance. And here's the thing about that. That's a fight I actually wish HBO would have picked up. But in her home country, uh, this fight did the most in, in, in a lot of boxing matches in the history in her home country. I think her last fight sold out like 9,000, sold them like 9,000 seats. So this fight, hopefully, the home country does you know does the same thing. Eventually, hopefully, Showtime or PBC or somebody picks up and grabs her and you know puts one of her fights on live. You know, even if you want to make it an undercard fight, which I don't think she, she should ever have an undercard. She should be an undercard of any anything. But even if that's what you want to do, is just to get her exposure. I definitely think you know women's boxing is is making a move. And if you're going to make a move, women boxing, you've got to include Cecilia Brackett because she is the most dominant. Welterweight champion in both men and women boxing. Motherfuckers want to argue with me? Fine. You show me one other motherfucker that got no, every unified, goddamn belt. No, unified champ, yeah. And right. And all about the only unified champ. I got to correct myself for Bernard before he, he tried to make a fool of me. Um, and I had to mute his ass to end the show. So I'm going to go ahead and correct myself. She holds the RBA as well, man. Yeah, I knew that. I, I hate the. I knew that man. She, 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 she holds that. She, she holds that. Uh, Where's she gonna hold the WBF though? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that Roy Jones belt. It should be called the WTF or what the fuck belt. Um, <laughs> 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 
the belt that Roy Jones won over the past weekend at Cruiserweight. Um, you know, no no disrespect. You know, Roy Jones is one of my favorite fighters of all time, man. But, yeah, they, they got to cut it out with – I mean, anybody could come out with a belt. Shit, we going to come out with the movement belt in a second. You know what I'm saying? They keep this shit up. Um, but, yeah, just a little bit about her opponent, Spencer. This is actually a move up in weight for her. She comes from a super lightweight division. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean – just to put that out there, Cecilia is a naturally bigger woman, and that's because she's so voluptuous. And oh, yeah, just just stick with that. You alright? Yeah. <laughs> did you yeah. just have a moment on that? I sure did, man. The lust, the lust is in his voice. <laughs> <laughs> the lust in his voice. <laughs> But, you know, she's fighting a taller one, but Spencer uh, actually is coming up from, uh, you know, super lightweight where she was actually one of the top contenders there and was an interim titleist there. So this is actually a solid matchup. I mean, Cecilia, Cecilia takes on all comers, and that's one thing you can, can appreciate about her, appreciate about her, you know. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to catching that one. Hopefully I can find a stream of it before all the other shit goes on. But, um. I definitely see her uh, possibly getting another knockout in this fight as well. Uh, she has, Vincent hasn't been knocked out before. Her only loss was, uh, you know, to Annabella Fieras, who's, you know, if you know anything about her, she's a badass, her damn self. Yeah, man. You know. Man. So, um, and that would be a good fight if she go up and wait to fight Cecilia. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. You know, Cecilia probably will still beat her, but, you know, that is definitely a good-ass fight. Um but, yeah, I definitely expect this to end in the UD, um, just simply outclassing her. You know, Spencer's kind of stiff, like Bo said, and, you know, that that, that ultimately would be the difference fighting against a fighter that's so fluid like this for That's going to lead us to our next breakdown we got going on, which is uh, I'm kind of pissed about this fight personally. Uh Motherfucking Lucian Butte somehow finds himself in position again to fight for a title. Um, he's fighting in the title eliminator against uh, this weekend against Elider Alvarez, who, I don't know, I think he kind of got uh, bamboozled in this one, but I'll uh, touch on that after you guys go in. Uh, but he's fighting Elider Alvarez um, in an IBF title eliminator, I believe, to face Andre Ward for the light heavyweight title. Um, Bernard, let me get your take on this one. Um, how you see it going? That's the guy that Stevenson was. That, that's that Alvarez dude. What he mentioned is a possible bitches and opponent. Um, actually, that's what this build is. It actually is an eliminator for them. Okay, not for uh Bitchison, but for Stevenson. Um, so let's get that, clear that up. Let's clear that up right away. Because I, I didn't call Lara Laura. I could have called him Laura. Okay, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Now I'm confused. Okay. Which one is it for? The the idea nah, for, uh, it's for nah, it's for it's actually for Stevenson's uh belt because uh the what's the name? Some Barrera fighters for the IBF, so my bad on that one. So this one is the to, to put themselves in a position to fight uh down to Stevenson this year. Really? Do we really need a Yes, we need to talk about this. It's Lucian Butte and the lighter album. No, so, I'm trying to find out how is it that this motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm definitely feel you, man. I, I know, I know. Wasn't where he going, just fighting? Wasn't he just fighting for the uh, 
against James McGill like last year or the year before that? McGill, Badoo Jack, you know what I'm saying? Name it. I mean, then the motherfucking steroid shit. This motherfucker get more chances than I don't know what, man. Like, I don't know what the fuck it is. I, I don't uh, know. It's pretty disgusting. Like, it's, I'm very. I, but even that, why do you need? Why do you need a? These things in the bodies, man. It, it, this is the fusher. You okay? I thought. Okay, from what my 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 process, from what I be looking at certain things and watching raking systems and everything. Help me out, fellas. Maybe y'all know a little bit more. Maybe I'm not seeing something. I thought when Ho when Joseph B. Fonfara for that belt, that made him the number one contender for Stevenson. Alvarez has Why? been for a while, actually. Um, I mean, so, he went up against Chalimba, so he was technically, technically supposed to get the shit then. But like I said, I think this is more the promoters doing because he owns rights to all these motherfuckers in Canada. Fucking uh, Pascal, Stevenson, Butte, Alvarez, I mean, he has that shit that's on the, that's, that's, the, that's the Guardia, right? No, uh-uh. This is uh, uh, John V. Michael uh, from GYM Promotions. That's their promotional stable out there in uh, Montreal. Okay. Uh, Rick, um, I don't know, man. This is one of the fights. You know what? I'm not going to say it's a pig on fight, but uh, let's see how... Uh, I'm just going to pick... Uh, I'm gonna let Bo break it down, man, because I'm now I'm just kind of just totally confused and disgusted to even speak on it. Cause I, this stuff is this this station about shit is kind of got me frustrated now. Like, yo, like what the fuck? So I mean, Eddie Alvarez has been on um, supposed to be on Stevenson's radar the whole time. Why does he need to fight a, a title eliminator? Man, I'm just uh, yeah, yeah. I think I, I think this is more the 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 promoters doing right here. Uh, um, but I'll let Bo touch on it. Yeah, and, take uh, it, Bo, man. I'll, 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 I'll bust it. Um, yeah, yeah, I used to see this fight on, man, with uh, Butin Alvarez. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, we got you. Okay. Yeah, this is, it's, it's you know what, uh, I, I don't, <laughs> you I don't even need to talk about it. Yeah, because, <laughs> like, how do you explain Lucian Butte again being in a fight like this, like what the fuck really is going on, man? Let me look at like, this. Did... Last fight? No, he yeah, got a draw. He got a draw. He got a draw, he got a draw. He got a draw. Uh, against against uh, what's his name? Badu Jack. Badu Jack. He, 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 he tested positive though. He tested yeah. positive for banned motherfucking substance after getting and, the goddamn yeah. draw. And he's getting so another shot now. Yeah. Right, and he's getting and he's getting another goddamn shot. Like, come on, man. He'll probably like, test I mean, five I mean, Yeah, but I'm just saying though. Like, and then on top of that, Alvarez was already in line for that damn fight with you know um, what's that coward ass motherfucker's name? So he was already in line oh, to it, fight that. My, my, my trigger finger, my trigger finger is ready. <laughs> <laughs> Your trigger finger should be ready on telling your boy to sign the goddamn contract. <laughs> your trigger finger should be ready on that shit. Tell that motherfucker sign the goddamn contract, boy. Sign the Tell that motherfucker to step his motherfucking game up. Tell your big brother to sign the contract. I would have found reasons to complain about the Alvarez fight, Tito. Like, I know it would have 
it would have uh, been talk people to talk shit about that fight too. So yeah, so I'm I, I'm I'm kind of you know it, it, it's it's a I never want to say a fight is unnecessary, but I'll say this: it's a fight I could do without even hearing about or watching. I you know like instead of watching this fight, if y'all can stick, can y'all still hear me? Yeah, yeah, you good. Yeah, instead of watching this fight, I'm I'm gonna be doing something much more important than watching this fight, like absolutely fucking nothing. That's how <laughs> that's just what that's just what it is, because I don't see the purpose of this fight. Here's a guy who was who was supposed to be on the radar of Adonis Stevens. Now he's got a fight eliminated against a guy who had a jaw and got positive for a banned substance. I'm not liking how this looks at all. Period. So. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of this is the fucking promoter, man, because he owns all Mm -hmm. those guys' rights out there. Um, Even Alvarez, who, you know, he's from Colombia, but he moved out to to Montreal, you know, to to get his uh, boxing shit going. Um, Mm, Okay. Okay. I uh, I mean, breaking down this fight, the way Butte is looking his last couple of performances, even though one of them, he was uh, under enhancement. Uh, medications or whatever. Um, he looked good against uh, James the Girl. Um, he had some some moments against Badu Jack, even though I think he still easily lost that fight. Um, he definitely could present some problems from Alvarez, man. Uh, Alvarez, um, I I don't think we've seen the best of him in this fight. You know, he looked solid against Isaac Chalimba, but I don't think. Uh, you know, but Chalimba, I think, was done, man. I think Chalimba was done because he didn't look good in that fight. Yeah. He broke his hand. I mean, yeah. He broke his hand. Oh, yeah, he my broke man, his my hand. Man. He just didn't, he, he just didn't look good at all. Fight. No, he just, I, I mean, mean Chalimba, looked, Chalimba looks flat in the fight, and, you know, you know, he stayed on the outside fighting that range with him. You know, he de- it's definitely a fight Chalimba could have won had he done a couple of things differently. It was, a, it was it came down, it was a pretty good, good fight still. Um uh, but I think a guy like Butte, who can pressure you um, and get inside of a uh, you know mid range, I don't think that's going to fare too well for Alvarez. I mean, it's definitely a fight that Butte can win, man. Um, and I kind of think Alvarez played himself by taking this fight when he didn't have to. You know, he could have fought Adonis. You know, he had already done the eliminator thing and became mandatory. And I th- I hope this isn't something that comes back to the I mean, to shoot himself in his own foot, you know, per se. But um, it, it could possibly happen because, you know, like they say, styles make fights. And the beat that we've seen in his recent outings, you know, is a little bit more aggressive and coming in on the inside. And Alvarez tends to get kind of lackadaisical to where he gets bored. It looks like he gets bored in the ring, you know, and he doesn't he doesn't go all out. So he's definitely going to have to to be focused all fight for this one. Because this is definitely a fight, you know, Butte is the favorite there as well. You know, he's Canada's son. So he definitely needs to, to be on the lookout here. And he can't play it safe in this fight. Like, he really needs to be trying to knock Butte out, honestly, considering the decisions that Butte has got recently. And, and this is in Montreal, his home turf, where he's the bigger name base. So, mm-hmm. um yeah, he's, you know, you know what, it's funny you say that because he is still a name out there, Munchie. He is still a name out there. Yeah, him and Pascal can continue to sell, even though they're both probably past it. Like, they love their, their Canada sons. And, you know, Butte is the main one. 
You know, that's that is their guy out there over anybody for you know, still. Him and Lemieux are definitely, you know, probably the top tier guys that everybody looks looks at out there above, you know, uh the Pascals, the uh the Bitter Bees and Stevensons, like Butte is that guy out there. So, I mean, look at the pay attention to the judging of this fight, everything. Pay close attention. This is going to be an interesting fight we come back to next week. I guarantee you. I guarantee you it's going to be one of them fights. Um, that brings us to our next card uh, we got going on this weekend. Um, I'll go ahead and start with the the undercard, which is going to be uh, for the IBF belt that Jamal Charlo just uh, vacated this past week. Um, we got Tony Superbad Harrison. Um, going against Jarrett Swift Heard, man. I love this fight. 154 is doing some things this year, you know, with the young guns, or even going into late last year when we saw Charlo against J-Rock, uh, J-Rock Williams. Uh, but, you know, we, we got these young guns fighting each other, you know, which is something we always complain about, that, you know, these guys aren't fighting each other. You know, that was the complaint at 147. Now it's happening. 154, we can now say the same thing. Uh, two young guys, definitely probably not even in the, at the peak of their primes. Like, they're that young to where they're still growing as fighters. And, you know, they're fighting for the IBF title, man. Uh, Bo, let me get your prediction. Um, what you expect to see out of both fighters, man. Uh, this is definitely going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. Um, you got Jerry Swift Heard and um... – Make sure I get his name right. What's his name Tony, again? Tony, um, Harrison. Tony Harrison. Tony Harrison. Tony Harrison. Yeah. Uh, uh, if I'm not mistaken, if I remember correct, Tony Harrison at one point, but he represented the Crunk, the uh, Crunk boxing. Yeah, he, yeah. He's from the he's from Crunk. Yeah. Okay, okay. So Tony Harrison from Crunk. Um, he had a loss. He suffered a loss. Uh, he got knocked out actually. I think in that fight. Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson. And Willie Nelson fight, which led to Willie Nelson fighting. Uh, what to call it? He gave. Um, in that fight right there, I think he learned a lot about in that fight. So from an experience standpoint, uh, he has the edge from an experience standpoint if if, if you want to try to figure out who you want to go with. But also, if you're Jared Hurd, there's a lot of things he gave up in that fight when he fought Willie Nelson. Uh, for one thing, he didn't stick to his game plan, okay? He let himself get backed up on the ropes. Uh as the fight went on toward the end of the fight, he lost focus. Those are a lot of things. If you, if if I'm Jerry Hurd, I'm looking at and I'm watching it like, mm, because that's not the kind of dude you want to lose that type, uh, lose that kind of too to to uh, to Jerry Hurd. You don't want to have the issues with Jerry Hurd. Jerry Hurd, I think, is a better boxer. I think Jerry Hurd has better skill set. But this is this is a fight that for Jerry Hurd where he will not have enjoy the advantage that he's been enjoying his other fights, being taller with the longer reach. He's actually going to be in there with somebody his size, his reach. So he's, he's so it's going to be interesting to see how does he deal with it, you know, how he's going to deal with it because at least Tony Harrison knows the experience of, of being up, being up in the fight, getting hit by something, and what he has to do next. At least he has that experience, which you ever heard is yet to experience that. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does. So this is, a, in my opinion, I like Jared Hurd in this fight. I'll say uh, 60-40, but it's still a fight. It's still a close fight to me because, again, Tony Harrison is no slouch. I think, and by this being a title eliminated, like, I mean, when we first talked about it, I had said whoever wins this fight 
possibly going to, you know, be a person that can make a move in the division. Now, whoever wins the fight, title's on the line. So you might actually see both of these dudes step their game up to something we ain't never seen before. Uh, I like Jared Hurd in this fight because, like I said, uh, Harrison made too many mistakes in his uh, in his last fight against uh, uh, against uh, damn, what's the dude's name? He's the one that Demetrius and Oh, Willie Nelson. He made too yeah, many mistakes. He, fought, he, he made fought too... Rab Chico after that, though, um, and knocked out a dude that nobody expected him to knock right. out. Right, and he did, and he did. That's why I said he learned something from it, but I just don't think the fact that Willie Nelson is not as skillful as Jared Hurd. And mm-hmm. I think there's some things that you can look at that, that Nelson was able to do because even fighting Rab Minchenko, Rab Minchenko is not as skillful as Willie Nelson. So there's some things that you can look at that if you're Jerry Hurd, that he was able to do and you can be successful with it. The only thing for me is now we're going to see what Jerry Hurd is made of because you're fighting the guy that's of equal height and equal length of you. So you're not going to have that advantage that you had when you fight some of these other dudes. So we're going to see, okay. And the concern for me with Jerry Hurd is, and maybe I'm just being overjudgmental, sometimes I think he has those moments in the fight where he gets those low moments. He just, you know, he just kind of like stops doing what he's, you know, stops doing what he should be doing, and he just kind of get those low moments where thirty seconds of a fight, or forty-five seconds of a fight, he's not doing anything. You don't want to have that against Tony Harrison because of, in a fight like this, something can happen any moment. So it's an interesting fight. I got Jerry Hurd. I think Jerry Hurd just from a from an overall skill set level, uh, just you know, uh, it, it just has everything he needs to have. But don't be surprised if Tony decision, huh? Decision or a knockout? No, I think this fight is going to be a statement fight. I think whoever wins this fight is going to be looking for that KO. Okay, gotcha. I think whoever got this fight. So I'm looking, I'm looking for Jared Hurd maybe to win by late stoppage, it's the same way like Willie Nelson won. Because again, so like I said, Tony Harrison, uh, he you know he he tired out late on in that in that round. Jared Hurd is is a very good counterpuncher, so it's going to be interesting to see. So, yeah, I got Jared Hurd, you know, anywhere between late stoppage in the eighth or tenth round. All right. Uh, let me go ahead and pass it over to Bernard. Uh, let me get your thoughts on this fight and uh, how you see it going. Uh, who you got winning? Well, I think you spoke about it last time when it, when it first came up. And I almost stick to my pick, Tony Harrison. I do agree with Bo that it could be a, it's, it's a statement fight. Both fights will be looking to say because the titles are is up on the line now. Would it be? Being made a uh, IBF uh, title fight. Um, my only issue is, I'm gonna say is I feel like Jerry Hurd is too flat-footed. I would love to see him get on his toes, not necessarily rely on his power, his um, rely on being stationary at times, or just being caught up, or even let alone getting hit too. I would like to see him move around the ring, utilize that ring to his advantage, use his um. Uh, his height, his height, his uh, his range. I like to see him dictate the dictate the fight from a different different point of view. Not not sitting there taking punches and countering all the time like he did with his last two opponents. But I like to see him dictate the pace. Use that jab a lot. Use his foot, use his, use angles. Use his footwork. Let's see some different parts of his game. Um, Tony Harrison will basically have to come on this fight and impose his will. Because Jared Hurd is a big is a big guy at 154. Yeah. So I would I would I I wouldn't necessarily say fight hurt on the inside, 
he's going to have to use range and distance and uh, be the ring general from that from that point of view and just stick to his jab, jab to the body, jab to the stomach, get a couple combinations in, pop right back out. But if he's able to hurt Jared Hurd and go in for the kill, get him, get him out of there. Um, with that fight being said, with, with that being said, I'm picking Jared Hurd. I'm going I'm with sure you said Harrison. Huh? I swear you had said Harrison at first, but okay. No, 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 no. I've been, I've been picking Hurd since, since the fight came okay. Okay, up. I I, 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 yeah. If I did, it was a mistake. Excuse me, because Harrison Hurd, I can see how that could be a confusion. I apologize about that. But, no, I, I've been sticking with Hurd from jump. I, I like how Hurd fight. I just want to see him do something different this time. But I guess, I guess, I'm just looking from this point of view. Harrison's going to have to box. Hurd's going to have to – he could box too, but he's gonna he gonna he he could bully him as well. But if, if he tries to bully him, but if Tony Harris is able to use that to his advantage and keep him from being an aggressive fighter, then we can see uh Harrison. I can see Harrison coming through with the decision. But her my pick is really hard late round stoppage. All right, um, man. Um, Wait a minute, you got Hurd or Harrison? Which one you got, Hurd or Harrison? He said Hurd. 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 Yeah. Okay, you got her. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, let me go in on my uh, little rant, I guess. Um, man, this is definitely one of those styles make fights matchups. You got Harrison, who's probably the more natural boxer, uses more of the ring, works off his jab, you know, uses his range, um, you know, from school of Kronk. Um, definitely technically sound, man. So you can't take nothing away from him. You know, uh, then you got her. I mean, he's he's done well. I he, I think this is a, a step up in competition a little bit, considering who uh, Harrison's fought in. Uh, you know, Willie Nelson and uh, Rabchenko, who you know everybody thought was going to run through him in his last fight where he won. Uh, you know, his chance to become a the eliminator or to become a mandatory for the IBF title shot. Um. I like what I see from her, though. Like, he's just a guy that he's a chopper, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, he wears you down over time, you know. Uh, the one downside I see is that he tends to start off slow and sluggish in most of his fights, and then he picks it up. Um, he gets hit more than I'd like. Um, like, he gets in into needless exchanges or brawls more than I like, but I think that's because he's such a big guy at 154 that he does it. Um, I'm not sure how he'll withstand Harrison's power. You know, he does, Harrison does have a pretty high uh, KO ratio, even though, I mean, he didn't really buzz Willie Nelson, who he's seen get creamed by uh, Demetrius Andre last year. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's one of the things I'll be paying attention to just to see, you know, how he deals with the power, and I think once he feels, you know, that's pretty much in every fight. Once you feel what the guy's bringing, then you could turn up. Um, if he don't feel nothing as far as him thinking uh, Harrison can touch him, he's going to make it a grueling-ass fight for Tony. And, you know, like I could see him working him against the ropes, you know, just trying to be inside. You know, it seems, that seems to be something that her likes to do a lot of as opposed to being mid-range and using his reach. He likes to be on the inside and rough, you know. Um, so I think that's something to pay attention to in this fight. And uh, I think over 12 rounds, which this fight is going to be, um, 
it may work out more towards uh, Hurd's favor because Harrison is going to have to keep up his movement for 12 rounds and, you know, stay disciplined with his jab. Um, you know, when he fought Willie Nelson, that one ball and, uh, you know, where he got complacent and lost focus, Willie Nelson was able to take him out. Um, so it's a matter of uh, Harrison being able to stay disciplined, you know, like he was against Rachinko. And, you know, he took his chance at the right time and ended up knocking out a dude nobody expected him to knock out. So I definitely think it's like a 50-50, 60-40 fight. I can see it going either way. It just depends on discipline level and, you know, how those those X factors turn out. Um, shit, I kind of hate to pick on this one, too, my damn self. But um, I think I'm going to go with Swift Heard in this one, man, even though he is the, the lesser proven fighter. It's just something you feel like you see when you see him fight that, you know, I think he'll be able to overcome this obstacle against Harrison, who's definitely a talented fighter, um, well-schooled, well-disciplined. I just think over 12 rounds against somebody that's a notorious body puncher and can break you down the way Heard does, um, I just think over time it's going to get to Harrison, who's who's pretty frail, you know what I'm saying? So that's my pick on that one. I'm going to go with Heard as well to complete the, I guess, the, the trilogy on this one, the trinity. We are gone with them. Uh, we got one more fight to break down, which is the, the main event of this card. And it's uh, my boy, my boy, Bama boy, you know, Bomb Squad stepping in the building, the WBC heavyweight champion of the world, Deontay Wilder. Uh, he'll be taking on Gerald Washington, who's a fill-in appointment for Wilder's latest Russian appoint, uh, opponent to, to get caught on drug uh, PEDs. Um, man, I mean, Washington's been in there against guys like Mansoor and looked looked impressive, you know. Like, I think Mansoor is kind of an under-radar talent, you know. But, um, you know, that was a good win for him. He beat Eddie Chambers as well, who's a pretty slick veteran. Um, I'll go ahead and pass it on to uh, Bernard first on this one. How do you see this fight uh, going between Deontay Wilder and Gerald Washington? Bomb squad. Um, let me see how to. Uh, I'm gonna call it, man. Well, I don't think uh, Deontay Wilder's gonna come. I, I I must say he's gonna be a little more cautious in this fight. And this is this is the reason why I'm saying that. He's basically testing that right hand out. And I think once he gets his confidence up, that he know, hey, I could this. Uh, my hand feels good in this fight. I think he'll he'll eventually go in for the kill, but I think he'll come from a different approach this time. I think he'll use he'll try to uh, get a uh, watching out there with a hook, with, uh, with, a, with a left hook. And I'm saying that because that's what he after he broke his hand, and after he had surgery on his bicep in his hand, he went back in the gym and he continued to work on that left hand. So I'm looking for to see uh. Uh, I was about to say Washington, I mean Wilder to do something different in this fight. I will, I will go say uh, late mid rounds, early late round stoppage by Wilder. Okay. Uh, Bo, I'll let you get your take on it, break down, do a breakdown uh, of the fight and how you see it going. Yeah, this is a, 
this is a, a fight for Deontay Wilder that shouldn't that like like my man said he's testing out that hand to see how that hand feels. So from that aspect, you know I'm you know I'm I've always said this on regulars I'm okay because if you study the history of pugilism we've seen too many fighters come back from injuries and they take uh, not so much challenging fights and I, we can sit in name all of them and 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 probably won't even get to name all of them. So. I definitely um, like this fight. Gerald Washington is a former football player. At least he's ranked in the top ten. But uh, Gerald Washington is like former football players. He's stiff. The funny thing about it is Deontay Wilder is also a former football player. But Deontay Wilder not basketball. 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 Okay. Right. Okay. Well, Deontay Wilder. I was gonna say he's more like a a small forward out there moving around. He's very uh, he's very very lanky. He's very long. He throws a lot of punches for it. He's, Dante Wilder's not a big heavyweight. What I mean by big heavyweight is most heavyweights, 6'6", 260, two, you know, and all that. Deontay Wilder is 6'8", 220, 225. So he's not one of them big, heavy, big, heavy uh, heavyweights. That's why he's able to, you know, he has a quicker refresh rate. He has very lean. He has low body fat. So he's able to throw a lot of punches, and he recovers quickly. Uh, the only thing about the fight that I don't like is when Deontay Wilder said, well, I picked Gerald Washington because he was always respectful. Uh, he was always like, you know, every time he saw me, he was like, hey, champ, this, you know, I'm ready. You know, I don't give a fuck about shit like that. I'm If you got the title, I ain't trying to respect you because I'm trying to kick your ass. But um, for a replacement fight, I don't have a problem with it. You know, I definitely see Deontay Wilder, if his hand is right, I definitely see Deontay Wilder, you know, knocking him out. After this, after this fight, there's probably – Three other fights that I want to see him take next. And out of three fights, I would like to see him fight Pulev if he can land that fight. But Pulev is over there. He's a mentor for the IBS. A unification fight. He needs a unification fight. Or, you know, dare I say, you know, he may he may want to look at Ortiz. Or he might be forced to fight Stavert. It's not a fight everybody's going to be popular with, but it's the fight that may happen. So, but after this fight, though, I, I would like—I would rather see him in unification fight, like the winner of Hugo Fury and um, uh, and uh, Joseph, Joseph Parker. Parker. Yeah, yeah, I would I like to see him make that fight, but uh, it seems yeah. like Parker's I don't think kind of shine away. Yeah, right. They don't they're exactly. They're shying away from it. They rather face Anthony Joshua than than to face Deontay Wilder. That's why when people say stuff to me, uh, like even with the whole Wilder Ortiz thing, they talk this duck, this duck, this. I'm like, he was never. He was never supposed to fight him, but coming back from injury, I'm okay with him not fighting Louis Ortiz, but everybody on Louis Ortiz jockstrap, what was y'all in 2016? But, you know, <laughs> uh, seriously, we're, we're, I mean, all, all y'all you know, all y'all sucking his dick, you know, where was y'all in 2016? Y'all riding this man because he called out Wilder? No, get the fuck out of here. You know, yep. uh, you know what I'm saying? He has a direct beeline for that WBA title. Why the fuck should we push him this way? So fuck out of here with that shit with me when it comes to me. But, uh, uh, Joseph Parkin and people, Joseph Parkin and people, look like they're trying to shy away from it. But I would most definitely like to see that fight with him and Joseph Parker, which is unification. Then you know maybe later on this year we, we it's for all the marbles again, you know. So it's let's be honest, let's be honest though, now. let's be honest. Is Aaron really going to want to put that uh uh Parker against? He, uh, he has no choice. He has no choice. He's going to have to put that on the line against Anthony Joshua. He's going to have to put that on the line against Deontay Wilder. He has no choice. 
They seem to be leaning towards Joshua. Um, they say it's because of, you know, uh, the Huey Fury, Fury fight, you know, which is, uh, I'm not sure if it'll be in the UK or not, but, you know, Huey Fury has a, a huge uh, UK following. Um, okay. So I think they're they're trying to follow up in that route and stay where the money is, where they, they think there'll be a whole lot of money to fight. Uh, well, I'm pretty sure it would be a lot more money to fight Joshua. Oh, yeah, most there. definitely. Um, so that's okay. what they're going after. Um, and that's the reason why, and, and, and I'm glad you said that because when, because, you know, uh, people always talk about boxing being a business. The reality is you do get more money if you go that way toward fight Anthony Joshua. It has nothing to do with, with, cause somebody made a statement. Oh, that's because nobody cares about Deontay Wilder. Bullshit. Before Deontay Wilder can step into the heavyweight division during the crystal run, what nobody talking about the motherfucking heavyweight division. Don't don't say that dumb shit to me. Nobody cares about him. Bull motherfucking shit. Because before Deontay Wilder, when nobody talking about the fucking heavyweight division. So, um, yeah, I it it is. But the the bad thing about it is, like you just said, Twan, it's more money going the um, going the uh, Anthony Joshua route than going the uh, going the Deontay Wilder route. And that's just yes. it's sad, but it's true. It's just more money that way, which is sad because it shouldn't. It should, you know, it should be. It should kind of be even. But the fact that you know Deontay Wilder ain't is loved and respected here in his own own hometown. Yeah, that's that's you know. a whole other topic. It's some bullshit. Right. Man. Exactly. And I hate it. Exactly. I mean, because you know you know yeah, they they giving them all the admiration in the world in the UK. No matter if you're a prospect up and coming, you've been taking the L or whatever. Exactly. They love you. Exactly. Yeah, that's the sad thing about it over here. But let's let's get a prediction from you on uh on the fight. Uh, I don't know if we got 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 your natural or your actual uh prediction. Right. Uh, Deontay Wilder knockout man. And I'm if his hand is right, early knockout. Early knockout. I'm talking for the fifth round if his hand is right. All right. Um, I guess I'll throw in my. Uh, so can, can I ask a question real quick? Real quick, Bo, you going early knockout with the right hand? Yeah, early if if that right hand is right, early knockout with that right hand. Man. I'm going late round, late round, mid late rounds, left hand. Okay. Uh, um, man, this is actually a tough one. I won't say it's a tough one to call, but you got. I'm just factoring in. It wasn't just his hand he injured in his last fight. He injured his shoulder or a bicep as well, um, which is also a big part of uh, the reason for his power. Um, so I'm not sure, um, how rehab that was, or, you know, he's been out since what, I'm not sure when his last fight was, but, um, just not sure how, how that, that everything's going to hold up for him, man. Like, I be having fears about, uh, you know, we actually brought this up when me and, uh, Big Cool did an interview with him recently, as far as how he felt about his hand injuries and all that, you know, possibly derailing his career early. You know, and it was even a concern of his, so I'm not sure uh, if he'll come out tentative, scared to use it. But, you know, he's had a whole camp, and I'm sure he's been using it during sparring and and whatnot. Uh, As Bo said, uh, Washington is an ex-football player, so he has a lot of muscle on him, man. And, you know, those guys tend to drain and uh, drain and tire out. You know, uh, they can't sustain for 12 rounds and, Considering Wilder is going to be pumping his jabs at a 
are snapping his jab better than Washington, who seems to push a lot more with his, uh, which is one of the things I've kind of noticed in both fighters. Deontay's uh, jab is a lot more crisper since he's been working with Breland. Um, Washington, you know, he, he tends, tends to push his jab out there. So, I mean, if Deontay is cerebral out there, you know, he can catch him with a counter, come over that jab, weak jab of Washington's. You know, while he's trying to step in, you know, he's not, he's still not the most fluid guy in the ring. You know, everything looks kind of forced and stiff. I don't know if it's because of the muscle, uh, the muscle mass or what, but I mean, it just doesn't seem fluid all the time. But, you know, he's put together some good wins, like I said, against Eddie Chambers and uh, fucking Amir Mansoor, you know what I'm saying, who, you know, was one of my favorite heavyweights at the moment just because of, you know, the way he fights more than anything. Um, I'm definitely think I think this is probably gonna go the distance, man. Um, and if it does come to a state where he knocks him out, it's gonna be because of more or less because of Washington's fatigue, and you know there's gonna be some extra openings there. Um, I don't think we'll see him using the right as much. He's gonna he's gonna stick with that left, that educated left he's been developing, you know, uh, over this time. Um, but I gotta win him by a, I guess unanimous decision. I'll go that route. Uh, shit, that light-skinned cat isn't on the show today, and he was supposed to do the final blow. Um, light-skinned sin, man. We need you on that, sweet bro. Uh, shit, we want to take the final blow. I did, did it last week, so I'm kind of scared that the, I'll even offer it to Bernard after the <laughs> last, <laughs> last what he put out there. Um, Bo, you got something, Bernard? I mean... It's up in there who want to do the final blow, who got something they want to let off their chest, man. Oh, uh, man, you know. I'll jump in at the bow. I'll let Bo go first. I'm going to say I'll... this. This is what I want to let off my chest. The wrongdoings of mainstream media. Um, there is a cover-up in mainstream media. but They don't want to talk about the name of the reporter that sent those racist fucking emails to Oscar De La Hoya. And for some odd reason, the motherfuckers don't want to talk about it. Uh, well, not for some odd reason. We know the fucking reason. Bottom line is, if you're going to get on Angel Garcia, or if we're going to say uh, race don't matter or it has no place in boxing, then we got to go at it from every fucking angle. We can't pick and choose. We can't make amends. We can't say what, you know, uh, 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 well, well, this means that because it's, no, no. If it's every, if it applies to everybody, everybody means motherfucking everybody. I don't care if it's the, if, if it's the bitch next door that you fucking, if it applies to everybody, God damn it, it applies to fucking everybody. So shame on mainstream media for not wanting to talk about it. Shame on mainstream media for trying to push this shit up underneath the carpet. Shame on mainstream media for calling out Angel Garcia on it, but don't want to call one of their own on it. Shame on mainstream media for everything that's been going on when we're talking about this sport of boxing. Shame on them. Shame on the way that this shit has been done. Shame on them for the double standard. Shame on them for fights that we know are supposed to happen, not happening, and them allowing it. Shame on them for coming up with the excuse to provide it. Shame on them for all of that shit. Because at the end of the day, when you look at every other sport, this shit just don't happen. It don't get done like this. So, um, you know, that's all I want to get off my chest. I'm sick and tired of these motherfuckers trying to play like, you know, and, and, and the thing that really pissed me off 
The motherfuckers that's doing it don't know fuck all shit about goddamn boxing. That's yeah. the thing that really pisses me off. Like, these that's motherfuckers, like, right, you can tell me the purse, you can tell me how many people bought tickets who was in the crowd, but you don't tell me jack shit about a motherfucking fight. You don't jack shit about a fucking fight. So, you know, uh, mad props to the, the, the what's taking place with Showtime and women's boxing. I give them mad props. They have come out the gate like they're supposed to come out the gate, giving us good fights. And I just want to say right here, right now, it is, Febu- it is February. Come November, I don't give a fuck how strong HBO comes on. If they put on one or two good fights toward the end of the year, Come November, I don't want to hear fuck all nothing about how great HBO is when for the all this year kicking off, the one thing that's been constant has been PBC and Showtime. Don't you motherfuckers dare do that shit. I'm saying it now because when you do it, I'm going to roast up. I'm going to hand out L so fucking bad. It's going to be hot L's. I'm, I'm going to go back to the old cowboy days. I'm going to brand L's on motherfuckers' asses when you do this shit. Come November. So here's your warning. Don't fucking do it. Be fair. Be called it right down the middle. Don't fucking do it. I will brand this fucking L to your ass come the end of the season. Just to piggyback boxing, uh, we, need to, we need to let boxing media, I mean, boxing people actually control the media. I mean, like most of uh, one of these things that, that 2K say, you know, we didn't go to journal. We ain't. We weren't no fucking journalism majors. You know, what I'm saying we come from the school of boxing. We love this shit as a sport. It ain't no motherfucking just a career for us. So, boxing media needs to be ran by boxing people. And uh, I'm gonna let Bo's statement speak for itself because it was powerful in itself, man. Um, I know Bernard wanted to chime in on something, so I'm gonna let him throw his out there. Yeah, I'm gonna let me piggyback off y'all real quick. I'm gonna put the the reporter's name. It was between Golden Boy Promotion Public Relations Director Romero Gonzalez. And wow, so he's actually tied in the fucking Golden Boy. It ain't no random media dude. No, 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 wow. no, 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 no. Contributor. He's a contributor. Yeah. Okay. That, that was the, was the the person that sent the emails was boxing journalist Hezekiel Balderas. So, ATS. Balderas. Whatever his name is. Okay, okay. A T S I Q U I O B A L D E R A S. Okay. Yeah. So look that look that name up, guys. Now I gotta give a, a couple shout outs before I start. Um, shout out to Cole Black Walker down, Adrian Broner to the ring last night. Shout out to Adrian Broner wearing the ski mask that motivated me enough, man, you know, to Wear my ski mask, you know, from now on while I do these shows and everything. Um, and shout out to the WBF, man, giving uh, Roy Jones Jr. <laughs> that title shot, man. Hey, he won all eight. Hey, he won all, he, he finally became a cruiserweight champion, man. So I would like to see him unify with Marco Huck, the IBO champion. Now, I digress <laughs> on that part. It's, not, but it's a segue. It's a segue into something. Yes. Because this is the final blow, too, because I'm about to get on something. I am very tired of these sanctioning bodies and they bullshit. The w- now, I give y'all credit, man. The WBC coming with the clean boxing program, 
cool. I see WBA doing the same thing, but the issue I have is, and it's causing a lot of confusion, is, and I have to, I have to ask people, how do these sanctioning bodies work? How do they work? And I cannot get an answer except for that. It seems like there's a lot of money going around. Plus, not only that, you have Joe Smith who be. I'm going back to what we talked about earlier. Joe Smith who be Fonfara. Well, I thought Fonfara was technically the number one contender to Adonis um, Chickenson. But. Uh, yeah, I got now, my Chickenson, man. My Chickenson. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> but then you got Lucia Butte fighting Alvarez to be the number one contender to Stevenson. There's and he was fighting at one since Jay in his last fight. Now yeah, he took that and, out there. Yeah, and, and, and he and he got a draw, so and he ain't almost fought in a year. So you mean to tell me he gets a he gets a, a title elimination about? I mean, wouldn't it be smart to have Alvarez versus Joe Smith? I would think. I would think that. Okay, so yeah, you got the the, the fiasco with the heavyweight title within the uh, WBA uh, section of body with uh, Briggs and Fez Akendo. Then you got this yeah. situation. Don't get me wrong. I'm a Lamar Peterson fan. I'm glad he won, but let's be honest, man. He fought. He fought two bouts at welterweight, but they were at catchweight, and not the full 147. So and he lost one on that was against Danny Garcia, and then he lost. He went. He won against um, Phyllis Diaz. So for him to get a title shot, I don't understand how that works. I don't know. But again, you got to. The sanction bodies got to figure out what they're going to do. The only sanction body I can see that they got something going on is the IBF. I give them credit. They have their title about eliminators and everything like that and stuff. And their situation going on, they tend to be a little more organized. But like I said, hopefully if there's any fighters, anybody out there that's listening, tell me how tell me how these, um, ranking, bodies, these ranking bodies work. Because right now, to me, it's looking like this. Whoever pays money for these sanctioned bodies, you get these championship bouts. And your fighter your fighters under your uh, manager or under your promoter gets a, gets the chance to fight for a title. So it's not making sense, man. I'm holding the uh sanctioned bodies um um accountable for this man. Y'all gotta get your shit together, man, because this is some bullshit, man. Y'all need to get in order. Y'all need to figure out what y'all wanna do. Fuck the money. Go back to what it was. Fight for let these fighters fight for what it was. Glory, legacy, accolades. They actually and, need to come together and uh, try and get some kind of a common criteria. You know what I'm saying? That that would know, be good. Yeah, that too. And uh, I want to speak on man. The, there's no right now. It's for a lineal champion in any division. I'm not. I'm not accepting that because of right now, I know the lineal champion is usually dictated by the fans. I mean, I look at the definitions and stuff. Or usually, it would determine is the person either has can be determined between the WBC and the WBA champion or whatever. As of right now, there ain't no lineal champion. I go by this: whoever is the undisputed champion, or whoever who is the uh, unified champion of that division, is that champion of that division. With that being said, I'm gonna say this: shout out to the IBO again. You know what I'm saying? You know, holler at your boy. And um, that's it, man. Oh yeah. Fuck, um, Bitchison. Why do you got to end it on that shit, man? You know what? Hey, yo, Miss Khan, if you still want to do, um, you know, that that thing, you know what I'm saying? I got the ideas over here. Just holler at your boy, man. My number is 312 
Just completely awful, man. I, I mean, that, motherfucker ruined, that motherfucker ruined the whole ending that I, that I laid out there. You see that? <laughs> Ain't nobody going to remember none of that shit that I said. He just goddamn made us look worse than mainstream media with that shit. <laughs> All right, y'all, man. We're going to get up out of here, man. But, you know, for our co-hosts who couldn't be here, to take the guy, you know what I'm saying? We'll see you next week. They're cool. We had to jet out early. You know what I'm saying? So we big up their platforms, the guys of Boston Talk and Colossal Boston Talk, uh, respectively. And uh, from the two Chicago duddies, from uh, the truth and facts about hey, Boston, who hey. spread all this hatred today towards the Caribbean, unless it was Cuba. <laughs> hey, man, I didn't spread no hatred toward the Caribbean, man. I spread hatred toward Mitchison. Everybody else from the Caribbean seems like they're right, getting they balls. Seems like he is. They come on. Hey, they starting to throw that out too loosely, man. We out of here. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully, it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by thirty percent in twenty twenty three. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S. based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.